Welcome to the Arms Race. This is the podcast where we attempt to determine which action star has the highest body count in movie history. Currently, by watching every Sylvester Stallone movie one at a time, I'm Kevin Keane. And I'm Mike Olson, and today we'll be discussing Rocky II, released by United Artists on June 15th, 1979, starring Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Burt Young, Carl Weathers, Tony Burton, Joe Spinell, and Burgess Meredith as Mickey. Written and directed by Sylvester Stallone. That's right. The first one he directed. They let him do it this time. <laughs> well, you have that kind of success on the first one, right? You uh, you, you get uh, EP title and everything else. Yeah, I mean, I, from what I was reading, uh, the producers were still kind of reluctant to let Stallone direct this one because his directorial debut is one we've never seen, neither of us, but uh, we'll watch eventually, Paradise Alley. Oh, all uh, right. And apparently that movie just tanked, <laughs> as evidenced by the fact that we never heard of it right. and we didn't know that it existed. So... Uh, yeah, it seems like it was still pretty reluctant, but I don't know. I think Stallone is a pretty competent director. I wouldn't say he's a good director, but he's, he can get the job done. Yeah, I, nothing was noticeable, neither good nor bad. So yeah, being, he's competent. He's yeah, serviceable. Exactly. Although he has one stylistic thing that uh, I maybe should wait to talk about this, that once I started noticing... Part of me loves it and part of me hates it. I'm kind of... Oh, I, didn't, I, I didn't notice anything, so you'll get me there. Well, it's appropriate because I feel, my feelings on Rocky Two. I kind of have an angel on one shoulder and devil on the other shoulder with this movie. Uh, and I'm curious to hear what you thought. So maybe I should hold off until... Right. So I'm getting your pure, undiluted opinion. Because uh, when's the last time you had seen this? Like, uh, oh, you said you've seen all these, but like... Yes, a long time. At least 15, 20 years. Okay. Watching this for the first time in 15, 20 years. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a bad movie. I just think it's an unnecessary movie. Yeah. Well, here's the angel devil on my shoulder, because part of me is kind of watching this going, you know, comparing this to the first Rocky, there's a, obviously a part of me going like, well, this movie is inferior. It's clearly inferior. To uh, Rocky? Absolutely. Yeah. But there's the, the devil on my shoulder going, there are so many individual moments that I absolutely love i wish i could take these two movies and frankenstein them into one movie and build the perfect the, you the know, perfect rocky. rocky movie i mean the, the first rocky movie is pretty close to a perfect rocky movie but still the first rocky doesn't get me excited and get my blood flowing the way this one does and really it's stupid it's like it is surprising and i know it's that i'm wrong i know this is exactly why i have these <laughs> conflicting opinions because there's a part of me there's a part of me that likes this movie better really? even though i know it's not a better movie I know uh, that. But trust me, I know. I, Don't. <laughs> I just I can't. I can't see that. You can give me all the disapproving looks all you want. I'm giving myself those same disapproving looks. I know. I'm disappointed in myself. I, yes, I. I. I know I shouldn't feel this way, but when you compare Rocky running up the steps in the first movie, which is iconic and you know obviously has stood the test of time in terms of a movie yeah, moment, absolutely. and I watch this version, which is is. Absurd? Absurd. There's 800 children oh, running with him. Thank you. And I know that this is stupid. It's incredibly stupid. But I love it so much more. And Are I, you serious? I mean, we'll probably, I'll explain maybe some reasons why when we get farther into that. Yeah, the, you need to explain that to me, please. I just do. I have to be honest. I, it's, I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit it. Also, I'll tell you before we continue one reason why I'm kind of embarrassed. Do you remember the scene in Freaks and Geeks? Or do you remember the episode in Freaks and Geeks where right. the coach... Starts dating Bill's mother. Yes, I mean, I don't remember it by heart, but yeah. Okay, I pulled up the clip. All right. And this scene is designed... Lower. Talk lower. <laughs> I think that's a different episode. It is what? a different episode. Wait, or is it? Maybe it is that episode. I don't remember. Um, I found this clip on YouTube. Uh, this is just an awkward scene where uh, Mr... I forget the coach's name. 
Biff from yeah, played by the actor played Biff. What's that actor's name? <sighs> I should remember it. I should it, too. It's escaping me. Um, Every, everybody knows him as Biff. Yeah. So the, the actor played Biff Tannen in Back to the Future plays this coach who's dating the mother of one of his students and there's this incredibly awkward dinner scene and here's the conversation from this dinner scene and the scene is designed to show what a meathead this coach is. Hey, Bill. Greatest movie of all time. Up, up, up. Rocky 2. <laughs> it is Rocky 2. Much better than the first one. Carl Weathers? He's ripped. <laughs> got the abs, buddy. <laughs> Six pack. Doing something. Boy. Every time I... I forgot about that completely. I mean, I'll never forget it. Of because you won't. when I was watching that episode of Freaks and Geeks for the first time, I went, I'm that guy. I'm that coach. Because <laughs> I, that's how I feel. I kind of like Rocky II better than Rocky, even though... Wow. And, and it's... No, okay, so here's the thing. Here's where I disagree with Coach and you, is that I think the reason why it's an inferior movie to me and what it gets wrong is just Apollo is not right. I mean, I understand that they needed a different arc for him, but... Everything I loved about Carl Weathers in the first movie, it's it's just not there in this movie. It's not I don't, it's not Carl Weathers; it's the script. Yeah, I mean, it's the character at his worst. Right. There's no question about it. I think it's designed to be kind of the flip side of the first movie, and I think it should have leaned into this more and should have made uh, Apollo more central to the story. And I kind of find this interesting about Rocky too is that in the first movie Apollo's just doing this fight for the money. He's like, I've got this much yeah. money in, invested, and yeah, it's a sunk cost. I've got to make the yeah. best of what I've got left. He's fighting Rocky because it's a financial decision for him. Whereas for Rocky, he's he's trying to prove something to himself that he yeah. he has value that you know is it's his self worth is on the line. And Rocky two completely flips that. Rocky is only doing the fight in Rocky two for the money, and you know because he's because he's, he's struggling because he's not a pitchman. No, he's definitely not a pitchman. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that. I was so mad at myself last episode we did over the top, and you were saying that uh, he was delivering brute aftershave, <laughs> and I can't believe I didn't think to quote this movie. <laughs> Smeals mainly, <laughs> you know. I can't believe it didn't occur to me. I was so angry with myself. Like an hour after you left, I was like, "Damn it! I should have quoted Rocky too." The next episode. Oh, I was so disappointed in myself. But uh, yeah, Rocky's doing, he's the one fighting for the money this time. He kind of doesn't want to do it, and his health is, right. you know, his health questions, the first of many <laughs> mysteriously disappearing maladies that Rocky <laughs> suffers <laughs> over the course of this franchise. The next episode is Eyes Fine, or next movie. It's weird that I call it an episode, like it's not a TV show. But um, yeah, whereas Apollo's the one who has something to prove, in part to himself, but in part to all the people who, who are right. sending him letters and things. So I think it's interesting that that dynamic has flipped and they've switched roles in a way. And it's kind of the dark side of Rocky's story where this time Apollo, it's, it's sort of an obsession and his need to prove to the world his value is what is actually his downfall and what causes him to lose the fight. I think this is less the story of Rocky overcoming obstacles as Apollo tripping over the obstacles he sets in front of himself. Right. He can't get out of his own way. Right, exactly. I think I think he still won't listen to his trainer. <laughs> right. It's so infuriating. But I think that's what's so weird about this movie is it doesn't feel like Rocky has earned, you know, he wins the championship at the end of this movie. It's like he hasn't earned this. Apollo just lost it. Right. You know, he Rocky didn't win it, Apollo lost it. But that could have been an interesting movie if they had made the movie about Apollo being the flip side and then, you know, Becoming obsessed with the need to prove his worth. Like I said, it's the flip side of what Rocky goes through in the first movie. I just, it, because that story is so far in the background. that right, yeah, They barely give him any screen time. And it's just, I think it's just there. His obsession is there to justify, justify why he's fighting Rocky again 
despite the fact literally the opening to this movie is the end of Rocky where he, you get again, ain't going to be no rematch. Right. And it immediately is thrown away, so you have to have a reason why Apollo would throw that all away, and it's this obsession that people think he's a fraud. Yeah. I mean, we talked about when we did Rocky that I think each, each Rocky movie is kind of about where Stallone was in his life at that point. And I think there's probably some truth to the fact that Stallone, I don't think, wanted to do a sequel. And it's like, Rocky made a lot of money, <laughs> you know? And it's, it's the same kind of arc that Rocky goes through where it's like, I don't want to do that. And then it's just like, oh, I could really use this money. <laughs> Fine, let's make a Rocky sequel. And because both Rocky's and I think probably Stallone's motives were not pure, it comes off as kind of not as genuine as the first movie. You know, it's like I, I was looking at this movie and kind of going like, I love individual moments so much. Some of my favorite moments are from this movie. But then I was kind of going like, well, what is this movie about? And I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, you know, you figured it out and you summed it up. It's well, about money. Sure. Well, that's the thing. I, I mean, if that's what this movie's about, then that's unfortunate. I, I you know, I obviously like this movie more than you. I'm going to be defending it irrationally, I think. That's fine. I'm going to be like Apollo, my irrational <laughs> need to prove this movie's worth. Do you have bags of fan mail sitting around here somewhere? <laughs> my bags of fan mail are my 20 pages of notes. <laughs> oh, uh, man, we'll get, 20 we'll, pages? Well, I usually have like 13 or 14. That's, I take a lot of notes uh, and then I try and pare them down. Well, I have a lot to talk about and I'll try not to dominate. All right, that's fair. I, I have very strong opinions about Rocky 2, way more so than Rocky 1. I talked way too much on Rocky One. Like, stop, just stop me from talking and just jump in because I otherwise I'm just gonna talk for three hours. All right, well, I'll do my best. Right. How, how about we lead with one of my segments and maybe that'll get me started on the right foot? Yeah, let's get started. What day is it? What year? Uh, it is June fifteenth, nineteen seventy nine. Seventy nine was such a great year. Uh, <laughs> you may as well pat yourself on the back when you yeah, said that. I, I am. That's fine. Typ- the typical dynamic of this podcast is you want to pat us on the back yeah. for. for- and you want to tear us down. Yeah. Not tear down. I'm just being, you know. Talking about money, a uh, good transition. This really was about the money. A $7 million budget on this and an $85 million domestic gross. It's hard to argue. Both Rocky One and Rocky Two were huge financial successes. Oh, yeah. And that will continue into the next uh, handful of, of movies, at least. This, again, getting uh, box office information like week by week when you get into the pre-80s, it's, it isn't, you can't find it. Or at least I couldn't find it. So we'll go to revert to what I did on the original Rocky, which is the highest grossing films of the year. Rocky two came in at number three at eighty five million, so pretty respectable. Yeah. Number one, I was surprised. Kramer versus Kramer. I don't actually think I've seen that. I mean, I know it's a famous movie, but I, I, I'm not a huge Dustin Hoffman fan. That's probably the reason why. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Never seen it. Don't really care about Dustin Hoffman. He's yeah. fine. I don't, I don't dislike him. Over a hundred hundred million, hundred six million dollars for that. Uh, the Amityville. Am e. Amityville Horror. I have such a hard time with that. I think it's just Amityville. It's not Amityville. It's not, Amity. it's no. not a play on words. No. It's just Amityville it's Horror. It's Amityville Horror. Uh, was number two. Number four, Apocalypse Now. That's pretty good. I didn't think it did that well. I didn't think so either. Just below Rocket, 83 million. And just above, by about a million dollars, the first Star Trek uh, movie. So Star Trek has started its franchise of films after basically disappearing three seasons, I think, of, of television. Yes, there were three seasons of Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, and two seasons of animated Star Trek? That I didn't know. Maybe so. only one, I forget. I've, not, I've only seen a handful of those episodes. The original Alien, which I know you're a huge fan, I uh, am. coming at number six. Surprising, it's number seven, ten, Bo Derek. Never seen it. Only know the reference because of Tommy Boy. Yeah, that's the 
baby boomers go to like oh Bo Derek and ten like <laughs> hot lady in a movie <laughs> reference. Oh, you know if I, I I don't want to take up too much time on this because this is going to run along with your thirty pages of notes. All right, so we we actually are in between Gen X and the Millennials. Believe it or not, there's there's a term that's been invented for us. There's like a it's like a five year term that's been invented for us. But just throw us oh, in Gen so X. It's a, it's a far more exclusive. Oh yeah, we're uh, generation. Actually, yes, we are in a very exclusive generation. It's actually kind of cool. I've always considered myself Gen X. I yeah, mean, but I don't I, need a special you know, whatever. We're on a cut. So for argument's sake, what is the Gen X? Bo Derek and Ten. Is Fast Times at Ridgemont High, obviously. <sighs> Phoebe Cates. Yes, probably. How could it not be? Well, hold on. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, it could be honest. It's kind of burned into my memory. Yeah, that's it. It's probably why I like the Gremlins. It, it movies. didn't even take me half a second to figure out what it was. It's fast You're time. Right. It's, it's fast. It's Phoebe and it, it's Phoebe Cates. It's not yeah, Jennifer Jason Leigh. Yeah, Phoebe yeah. Cates. Yeah. No, I, don't, I didn't feel like I needed to, <laughs> to specify. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. Uh, I wonder what the millennial one is. Ooh. They had the internet. They didn't. Need- <laughs> <laughs> they didn't need movies. <laughs> they had the internet. So you're saying that because only because a Bond movie is coming up here on the list. You're, so you're saying that Doctor No, uh, oh Ursula Andress, Ursula Andress doesn't doesn't qualify. It's Bo Derek and Ten. That's like greater, Greatest Generation. <laughs> like a, that's an old movie. It's not that old. No, you're right. It's not that not that old. That's sixty two though. I don't know. That's All like right. that's like that cusp of. Fair enough. Number eight, The Jerk, which is just a movie I don't understand why. It was popular then, and it was popular when we were growing up. I don't oh, get the jerk. I like the jerk. Really? What do you have against the jerk? He hates these cans. I, Stay away from the cans. I know that gag, and it's not funny. <laughs> wow. You really don't like that movie? No, I don't. I don't, I don't get the jerk. Okay. Maybe somebody uh, at Arms Race Podcast can help explain why the jerk is funny. At Arms Race Podcast on Twitter, to be clear. Uh, yeah. We are at Arms Race Podcast. <laughs> Uh, uh, number nine, the Bond film of 79 was? Oh, that was Moonraker. Moonraker. No, that's not how Moonraker goes. You're singing You're singing Goldfinger, but saying Moonraker. How does Moonraker go? Moonraker goes, just like the Moonraker goes. Oh, you're That's right. Goldfinger you're singing. Goldfinger. You're right. I'm sorry for butchering <laughs> that. It's fine. Mo- <laughs> Moonraker is terrible. Is that, is that when you have a soft spot for? I disagree. We're going to have to... Uh, yeah, Moonraker's terrible. Well, I, you're not wrong, but it's also incredible. <laughs> All right. I think Moonraker is a lot of fun. It's a bad movie. It's a very bad movie. But it's also a lot of fun. It's a Bond movie. You almost can't All right, and judge Bond Finishing movies. the top ten uh, is a movie you, you referenced on the Rambo uh, episode, First Blood. The mm-hmm. Muppet Movie was oh. number ten. Just in there at $65 million. Yeah, I love the Muppet Movie. Uh, was somebody in the Muppet movie that you referenced? I can't remember who. Uh, yeah, the villain. Uh, yes. What's the actor's name? Oh, Charles Dunning. Yes, Charles Dunning in the yeah. Muppet movie. I'm not. He's, he's the villain. Yes. There's a lot of people in the Muppet movie, like crazy cameos. Like Orson Welles is in the movie. <laughs> uh, who else? Uh, Steve Martin pops in, speaking of the jerk, for a second. Do you just not like Steve Martin? Mike rolled his eyes, to be clear. Not a huge fan. Okay. Not what's your fan. opinion of Roxanne? Have you seen Roxanne? No, not good. Really? No. Oh, so maybe it is. Maybe it's a maybe it's a Steve Martin thing. What about Three Amigos? It's oh, got, that's that's unacceptable. It's got Steve Martin and Martin Short. I mean, that's and Chevy Chase. I thought you were going to go Chevy Chase. Martin Short's funny too. Will you believe our mutual friend Chris does not know who Martin Short is? That's not possible. I, I swear to you. How can you? I mean, look, I I can understand you have a dislike for Martin Short. He doesn't know who he is. He's never heard of him. How can you have not heard of Martin Short? <laughs> I quoted Three Amigos once when I was hanging out with him. And then he was just like, what are you talking about? I was like, that's in Three Amigos. Like, who's in that? I said, Chevy Chase, Martin Short. He goes, who's Martin Short? 
Chris Martin. Short. I swear. Yeah, I was just as shocked as you. I bet. And he's just he's just like that guy isn't famous just because you've heard of him. Just, you're not you're not a normal person. You've heard of everybody. I'm this like, episode is derailing quickly, but I'm just going to say I, I feel I had to bring it up. While I was it's of. impossible to make the claim that Martin Short is not famous. You you can make the claim he's <laughs> overrated, not really that funny. That's what I told him. I said, just because you've never heard of him doesn't mean he's not famous. Yeah, he's, I, Jiminy Glick. I mean, there's a ton of stuff. That I, I mentioned Jiminy Glick. He never heard of Jiminy Glick. Never saw Jiminy Glick. hugely famous. I don't think he's funny. I think he's probably the worst part of the worst episode of Arrested Development. Uh, yeah, that's true. I don't like that character in Arrested Development. It, whatever. I, I like Martin Short. I think he's funny. I like Steve Martin. Wow. Chevy Chase is not funny. Chevy Chase is the problem with Three Amigos. See, you know, so they, we're clearly have a disconnect here because Chevy Chase is in two of my all-time favorite comedies from the eighties. So that's true. Well, one of them I think I'm going to bring up later. All right, my Silk Cozart segment. All right, so on the TV front, <laughs> Mike's really soured. I just want to let everyone know, like, we've really set this up on the wrong foot. Like, Mike is just not happy with my opinions. Not you're right. Actually, <laughs> you're over there. Just you're just I'm you're kind just of sulking over there. I'm yeah. sulking over yeah. here. Cheer up, Rocky Two. We also disagree on Rocky Two, so it's going to be a really combative episode. I guess we're starting off on the appropriate foot. All right, so quickly on the TV side, sixty minutes was number one. I, that shouldn't really count. This must have been the heyday of Three's Company. I wanted to ask you: Have you ever heard of the show? That's incredible. It was the third highest rated TV show. I've never heard of it. Uh, is that like a, I like a look, wide roll of sports sort of a thing? It, it might be. I, I should have clicked through to look it up, but I wanted to ask you the, it, it, if you had heard of it. The title rings a bell vaguely, but yeah, I don't know what it is. All right. So then I think we got Alice. I think it was a spinoff. Was that a spinoff of the Brady Bunch or is that something else? Maybe. I don't know. Matt, You're thinking of Maud. Yes. I don't know. A lot of those 70s sitcoms all blend together for the, me. The Jeffersons was clocking in number eight, so that definitely was a uh, spinoff. And actually, a soap opera cracked the top ten one day at a time. I'm wow. Pretty, I'm pretty sure that was a soap opera. Yeah, I think so. And that's amazing that that cracked the top ten. Doesn't speak well of late 70s television. I oh, think. no, this list is awful. Yeah. Flow is n- number seven. Really? We were wishing, I think it was on the first blood episode, we were wishing for the return of like the love boat and like early 80s oh. television, but late 70s television. Is the gar- I, I still, I'm, I'm really up for that love boat, uh, re- uh, not re- remake of uh, the love boat. I'm That's talking, what I want to see. I'm serious. It would work perfectly on the internet. I, you, you you bring in some C level celebrity, you know, like some like podcast celebrities, basically YouTube Paul, channel, or yeah, something. exactly. You, Paul F. Tompkins can show up or whatever, like that <laughs> that level of celebrity. They'd do it in a heartbeat. That would be good. All right, so on the history front, the S and P five hundred is one one hundred one point seven. More importantly, I couldn't get the date because I'm going to guess it was like a national rollout, so it wasn't necessarily a specific date. McDonald's introduced. The Happy Meal in June of 1979. Oh, wow. So uh, I know I had to have many of those toys uh, over the years, and I'm sure you did as well. Uh, I don't remember. I don't have very many fond memories of Happy Meal toys. Really? I remember thinking they were kind of junk. They were junk, but I still wanted them. Did the Batman Michael Keaton movie have a McDonald's tie-in or a Burger King tie-in? I want to say Burger King, but I, yeah, I don't Yeah, I thought remember. so. I remember getting a Batmobile that I thought was cool at some fast food thing. That's it. I don't think it was McDonald's. No, McDonald's mostly did stuff with uh, Disney, and actually that started somewhere in the late 80s is when I think the first merchandising uh, with with Disney was signed. This was really surprising just based on the year, but the city of Los Angeles on June 2nd enacted the first gay rights bill. I was shocked by that. Hmm. One, I figured for sure that it had to be San Francisco if there was going to be any city in the United States. By that time, it may have already 
stuff like that may have already passed in San Francisco. No, like, th- this was like in the nation. Oh, it, not it, ju- okay, gotcha. not just in Los Angeles. No, it's like I mean, I understand Hollywood that there was probably a, a you know a, a higher percentage of the population of people that were openly gay probably in in Los Angeles. I still I was surprised by that. Hmm. Seventy nine seems really early. Yeah. So in the world of sports, Ricky Henderson on June 24th made his Major League debut and stole a base, and he stole many, many bases after that. Debut? Wow, I thought he was older than that. No. I thought he was playing in like the mid-70s. I know, 79. Hmm, okay. The New York Times bestseller in June of 1979 was The Matrice Circle by Robert Ludlum. I looked it up because he was a spy novelist. His novels have turned into a very successful franchise of movies. Not that book, but oh, sure. the Jason Bourne books, which I didn't know, actually, until... Oh, um, yeah, Robert Ludlum. I, I mean, I, I'm not that familiar with Ludlum. I've never read anything of his, but Bourne has definitely become... Well, it, it became big, and then it's kind of disappeared. Yeah, I don't know if there, there's no, any there's, plans to make any more Bourne movies. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to crank. Matt Damon will need money at some point, and they'll crank out another one. I, it seemed like that last one he did. He it was very reluctant to come back. I think it was a similar thing as Rocky Two, of just like... You know, bags of money. Terminator 3. Here yeah, you go, exactly. bags of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Billboard 100, Hot Stuff by Donna Summer. <laughs> yeah. That's actually a pretty good one. I, you know what? I will defend disco up to a point. <laughs> I was thinking For about, songs like Hot Stuff. You know what? I was thinking about this uh, preparing. I don't think I have any notes about it, but I was just thinking about it. Like, oh, you know why I was thinking about it? It's because I love Apollo Creed's decor in his house. Oh, <laughs> it, I mean, I, it I, is pretty awesome. We might as well talk about it now. But I was looking at them like, I'm like, I want a house like that. Like, And then I realized that the late 70s, late 70s culture has been poisoned by disco because there's still a stigma about disco. I'm like, no, disco sucks. Because there was, you know... 15 years ago, there was like an early 70s revival of like whatever. Like the yeah. early 70s was cool. And then we skipped right over to the 80s being cool. And I was like, well, what happened to the late 70s? Look at Apollo's house. It's awesome. I, it's, why, <laughs> why did we never get a late 70s revival? And it's because of disco. Disco stew. It, that's the reason why. There's a lot. First of all, disco is not that bad. I, Hot Stuff is a good song. And I, I wouldn't listen to it in my spare time. But it's like, <laughs> it's not a bad song. No, it's not. But also, like, there's plenty of cool late 70s stuff that's not disco that's awesome. And it's just poison forever because it's too disco-y. Indeed. So anyway, my defense for the late 70s culture. I needed to make a defense for I'm, it. So here's the thing. <laughs> Much like Rocky Two, I will defend it even though I know it's bad because well, I have an, I, I just enjoy it. Here's the thing is that at least on this point, since we're going to disagree so much, I'm going to meet you halfway. Oh, are you? And I'm uh, going I'm you... to agree on your defense. Hold on a second. <laughs> Before you actually do it, this is the tradition now. Oh, that's did you so... say that because you saw it on my board, or did you? No, because act... okay. I was hoping you had it on there, and okay. because I still have that episode in my head. Okay. Yeah. That song is so great. Of course, it's now on the soundboard, and it'll be there forever. <laughs> so yeah, I'm a, I am going to do that and say that there should be some defense of the late '70s. It is not all trash. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff, and that's that's a great example. Hot stuff is a pretty fun song. Plenty of good movies. I mean, if you watch the, uh, the aforementioned Star Trek: The Motion Picture, and you go, "Boy, this is like so late '70s." Everyone like their weird jumpsuits that they're wearing and stuff. I mean, granted, they're in space or whatever, but I don't know. I just like that aesthetic for whatever reason. Yeah. The Parisian night suit aesthetic, I guess. <laughs> Since we were talking about freaks and geeks, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Again, I would never wear that. I just like it. I just, I like, I, I wish. Super stud. Go for super stud, Sam. <laughs> I wish, exactly. I wish everybody, <laughs> I wish everybody in the world but me dressed like that, is the way I would put it. Because <laughs> I just like it, but I would never wear it. So I guess maybe that's, that's incredibly selfish of you. It is. It's, it's quite the imposition on the world that I'm demanding. Yes, it is. But, uh, anyway, so. <laughs> All right. You, you ready for the big picture? All right, let's move on. 
You want to talk? We'll talk. I'm a sucker for good conversation. So this is the segment we where we discuss the uh, the overall plot of the movie. Although I think you covered it pretty eloquently in the uh, opening intro for this episode. Did I? I mean, there's plenty to talk about in this movie. I mean, really, all we talked about was the last half hour of the movie, 45 yeah. minutes. I mean, we I, didn't even touch on you know the coma and uh, well, let's start so at the beginning. Stupid. Oh, you have no heart. You didn't. You didn't. Uh, you didn't feel anything when. No, I think I even have it in my notes here, which it's not thirty pages. How long is this going to take? How much screen time are you going to eat up with this? It's only like three or four minutes. It's not long. Three or four minutes in an hour and twenty minute movie. In an hour and twenty, like in an hour and fifty minute movie, that's a lot of time. The, the movie spends six minutes recapping the previous movie. Well, so given liter- that, literally just not recapping, or yeah, not recapping, just, just showing, showing the end the, of the first end, movie. End of the first movie. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, recapping is the wrong word. So b- based on that standard, if if it's only the show this last six minutes of Rocky, three minutes is not that long to show. This is an important character. You don't have any goodwill for Adrian. It's, you know, it's cashing in that goodwill. It's saying, okay, no. now that you care about these characters, we're going to put put Adrian through the ringer. No. Why? I don't care. Maybe we should start at the beginning. All right, let's start but at the I beginning. But I could not disagree more. The, I, the I, beginning is, uh, we're going to start there. It literally is the ending of Rocky. It is. Well, for six minutes. Technically, there is a very small bit cut out. I, here's what I did. I put on Rocky 2. I found the ending of Rocky on YouTube, and I played them at the same time. And I looked for, because I, well, first of all, it's been rescored. Bill Conti, once again, does the music. And this is maybe my favorite score is the Rocky 2 score. It's incredible. But that's been rescored, in part to just, just so it'll flow from the opening Credit. fanfare. Yeah. Bam, 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 and then it flows into the ending of Rocky. <clears throat> but the one thing that cut out, it was when Rocky goes, cut me, Mick, cut me. In Rocky, they cut him, and there's a big yeah. spurt of blood, and they cut out the spurt of blood in Rocky too. Oh, yeah. Now that you mention it, I do. They just don't want to reshow that? Or just maybe at the end of a movie, they feel like an audience would be worth tolerating that whereas they don't want to just disgust the audience right at the, at the <laughs> top the of the movie three minutes in the movie or maybe just you know standards had changed because these are all pg movies and maybe they felt like oh now now we might not get away with it yeah maybe mm-hmm. in these three years this kind of blood will get us an r like, i don't know maybe it, Could be. it was just to be safe i don't know i don't know why but it's just something i noticed just, oh, they cut up all the blood no you're right and i didn't notice that that's a good catch i don't I, mean, I didn't notice it until i literally watched them at the same time it's i really see i kind of expected it I'm pretty familiar with these movies, obviously, but I, I wasn't sure if, you know, maybe this is just recut or they shuffled some shots around and you, didn't, you never know. But no, yeah. it's, it's just the end of the movie, they, minus that one brief <laughs> shot. Yeah, and so we pick up then after their fight and uh, Apollo has completely changed his mind within like 30 seconds, probably maybe 30 minutes because they got to drive to the hospital, but in screen time in like 30 seconds. I think it would make sense if, I think all of this would make sense if he wasn't, didn't have this change right away. If they didn't have this part in the hospital, he's like, "You're lucky, Rocky." I mean, part- chump. Yeah, I think some of this is for the press that are there. It's for yeah. the benefit of the press. Oh, absolutely. You know, because Rocky or Apollo behaves very differently when Rocky comes and visits his hospital room. It's probably my favorite scene actually in the movie. Really, I like that yeah. moment too. Because I like how he's like, did you give me your best? And Apollo's like, yeah, I gave you my best. And Rocky says, thank you. And I'm not sure if he's saying thank you for telling me for yeah. answering my question or thank you for giving me your best. You know. Yeah. Uh, it kind of works both ways. I re- yeah, I agree. It's a great moment. But yeah, Apollo's not... When Rocky wheels his way in, Apollo's not like, I'm going to fight you, Rocky. You know? Yeah. It's, so I think it's... No, it's the showman. At least at first, it's for the benefit of the press. 
I can accept it, or I can rationalize it, I suppose. I'll be honest about this. Uh, I'll meet you halfway. So <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll tell you. To, hold on. I'm not ready. I'm glad. We, I'm you, glad you have to get that instrumental in there too. Of course. You know what's great about this is we're we're sitting here disagreeing right now, and this sound clip literally does bring us together. I mean, it actually is accomplishing what it's it's bring, it's meeting. We're Kenny meeting halfway. Loggins, you are a genius. Our our love of this maybe halfway uh, song is actually bringing us together. But um, yeah, I'm rationalizing. I'll, I'll admit, but I can buy this as okay. Apollo, here's the press. Obviously, they, the press is just like horning in. Like they're going to right. the hospitals. It's ridiculous. The press is it's over the time. It's like it. That seems like the press today, not the press at that time. But maybe the press was that bad. I, I mean, it seems like the movie showing that this fight was the biggest fight in twenty years. Like there's a frenzy. There's a media frenzy surrounding this fight. Yeah, I guess. So I can buy it as like, okay, Apollo's gonna talk up a rematch just in case there's gonna be a rematch. Like this is my opportunity to basically pre-sell the next fight. You know, and he's a he's a salesman. And he this is a showman. Is, this is yeah, sure. and he's a showman, and this is what he does. But the fact that uh, behind closed doors, he is just as adamant about going after Rocky, and it's not just for business reasons that he actually right. means it. It's not clear if what he's saying in this hospital is genuine or not. And I guess the movie should have made it more clear. I I, I, I will accept it if at first it's just for show, but then he starts reading the letters and it becomes real. Like that's kind of that, how I interpret it. Well, that seems more plausible, but I, I just, I'm not sure I completely buy that. It just, it, he seems to turn on a dime. It could be to play up to the press. Yeah, but it, it doesn't take much convincing, and he becomes obsessed with it. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't think the movie is intending what I'm saying. I think yeah. you're right that it's just the movie overplays its hand here, where it's, it, it is turning Apollo more into the villain that they have avoided turning him into in the first place. Right, and that's what I think. I, that's what I love about the first is that Apollo is an opponent or an adversary, not a villain. And they kind of turn, and I mean, overtly, he says, fine, if I have to be the villain, I, have to, I don't know. It just, it doesn't feel like Apollo to me. I mean, he's doing it in kind of a shrewd way of like, I'm turning myself into a villain because this is what's going to make this fight happen. Yeah, well, to draw him out, fine. I mean, do you think it's not true to Apollo's character as established in the first movie? Do you think that it's actually a betrayal of the character? To me, it, it doesn't. That doesn't feel like the character that I I liked in the first movie. No, it as I opposed to betrayal. Like, it just it it feels off. It doesn't feel like Apollo Creed. I guess my question is: Do you feel like this is just a facet of Apollo that we've never seen before, or is it just playing out of character? I guess that's the distinction. My vibe is: It feels out of character. That. Doesn't mean I'm right, but it feels like it's out of character. Yeah, well, I mean, it's... Especially this first scene. Yeah. Later in the movie, they do a pretty good job of showing why he... I agree that it becomes plausible because he feels like everything that he's accomplished is being undermined. And so I can can see where he would become obsessed that he needs to have this fight. Yeah. But it... Your idea would be a better way to have gotten there than what they chose to do in the film. Well, I think if Apollo wasn't behaving this way in the hospital, it would be pretty clear that... I mean, really, the only reason this is a problem is because there's a line in Rocky 1 where they say there's not going to be no rematch. Well, Apollo says, ain't going to be no rematch, and Rocky says, don't want one. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Rocky at least is consistent because he has to be drawn out into this fight. Yeah. Because he's too busy trying to get a job, which, talk about just filler. Yeah, this is not my favorite stuff. 
Because what's the sequence of events? He he signs on to be a, a pitch man. There's like a well, they get, they get married first. Him and Adrian get married. Yeah, they get married. Sorry, I was just thinking about the the job search thing. But uh, yeah, well, they, it's not too long after that that he he goes on the job search. But they yeah. they get married. Rocky proposes to her in a, at a zoo, which is problematic for me when you remember that I, I have that in my notes. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. I'm like, I, did they forget the entire script of the first movie? I know. I don't understand that, and I don't know if Stallone just forgot that's in the first movie or if. <laughs> That's an intentional connection because I, and I don't know if that's what that's indicating, if anything. To, to remind the, the listeners, it's like uh, Buddy, Mr. Gazzo's driver. Jerk of a driver. Yeah. yeah. And he, he has a derogatory remark about uh, Adrian. Adrian and says, uh, I don't want to say it, but yeah, like, you, know, you don't have to. But take, a, take her to the zoo, yeah. you know. I mean, on the one hand, there's that, which is weird on the other hand he proposes to her in front of a tiger which is entirely appropriate and setting up a whole lot of tiger stuff later in the series you know including that sweet jacket not just the jacket i mean we'll have eye of the tiger come in one more movie from now but yeah the jacket like the tiger becomes this kind of weird symbol of not just rocky but of the two of them so that i like maybe that was why it's like well i want them i want them to i want rocky to propose to her in front of a tiger um, but the downside of that is it has to be at the zoo, and that's going to have a weird connection to the first movie. I don't know. It's again, it's that angel devil thing. It's like every every good thing about this movie has like an equally bad thing, and I just kind of choose to focus on the good. Focus I, on the good, ignore the bad. I guess I don't. It's not, I'm not ignoring it. I acknowledge it. I, I'm happy to talk about the bad thing. Believe me, I've got plenty of complaints about this movie. There's plenty to complain about. And in I feel like you're being more negative than you would otherwise, just because you. It's like I, I feel like you're overstating your dislike for this movie. I don't know. Well, we'll see when we get to my rating. But here's what I can say: I really dislike this filler in the. There's two parts of filler that I can't stand. The coma is a total waste of time. That's and, not filler. And yes, I will it is. fight you on that. All right. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. The, I guess the job search. Yeah, it's, it's a total all, waste of time. I like him driving around. I like him getting a car. I like him wasting <laughs> yeah. money. on That seems in character. Trans Am. That's the perfect Rocky car. Oh, look at this Trans Am. Uh, uh, you want to talk about perfect. Yeah. You're right. It's a perfect car. That's so in character. A the perfect jacket, jacket. It's all the stuff he would buy. It's, yes. exactly, it's exactly right. Incredibly stupid. Doesn't negotiate on anything. Of all of that not. completely fits. Buying a house. and there's, there, He doesn't make an offer. They don't set up any inspectors. I'll just, take the house. <laughs> we'll take the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, he's not. He doesn't know what to do. He's never had money in his life, and he doesn't know how to handle it. I'm just things. waiting for him to get a robot. That's really all I'm <laughs> I have a lot to say about that later. I oh, I, I forgot. A couple episodes ago, I created a little jingle for every time you unnecessarily <laughs> reference Rocky IV. Mike references Rocky IV. <laughs> Thank you. That's from a few episodes ago. I, I sang that impromptu, and <laughs> I, I said it to piano. That's fantastic. Um, I felt like we needed a jingle for it. Every time uh, you reference that robot, <laughs> I'm going to play that clip. It's hard. I'd like to say I premeditated, but I just love I know you just like the robot. robot. It's so stupid. But, okay, then accept Rocky 2 on the same level you accept no, Rocky 4. it's not nearly That robot fun. is just as stupid. Oh, it's, and, it's way dumber, but that whole movie is a lot of fun. This was not that much fun. This movie's fun. I mean, it's also deeply depressing in spots like it's it's both on equal levels that's what i'm saying it's just as much good as bad all right well let's let's move the plot discussion forward so he is unsuccessful in multiple career paths some really none his necessarily his fault but ultimately he's uh, he's got bills to pay and uh 
He's he's going to have to go back and fight again. Well, it's his fault that he blew all the money. That's that's his fault. That that is his fault. But I mean, you know, he went and tried to, you know, he took Paulie's old job down um not at the butcher, but I I guess it's it's like a meatpacking meat plant. plant. Thank you. Yeah. And just because he's not uh, a long-standing member of the union, Lieutenant Decker from Last Action Heroes yeah. got to let him go, which that was a pleasant surprise for me. I figured you'd like that if you re- recognize him. I, I didn't put two and two together until this time. Really? Oh, that's, uh, yeah, I have the, the oh, actor's no. name down here somewhere. I, yeah, I, I forget his name. No, he, I, I immediately smiled. He's I'm actually in a, a Kurt Russell comedy that I enjoy, too, Used Cars. That, uh, Is he in Used Cars? I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, he's in Used Cars. I mean, he works at the lot as, like, the mechanic or whatever, but whatever. Um, I mean, he's, he's in a ton of stuff. He's obviously a lot younger here. Yeah, so. yeah. I'm used to, like, the late 80s, early 90s. Cause this guy, he's in Batteries Not Included, which I think is the thing. I oh, primarily, yeah. I primarily uh, know him from that. Richard Pryor? Was no, it? no, no. Batteries Not Included is the movie about the robots that are aliens. They're tiny little spaceships. Oh. And they work at a, at a short order, like... Uh, restaurant or whatever i do not know this movie i may need to look it up is it it, is it sound as fun as it or is it it's terrible (laughs) okay they're tiny little spaceships that are like you know the size of your fist and they fly around and they make burgers they crash (laughs) land sounds stupid it's really stupid they crash land um yeah i don't know what movie you're thinking of then because the the richard Pryor movie Uh, maybe it was brewster's millions that i'm thinking of maybe frank mccray that's his name i remember now yes frank mccray he looks. I think he looks pretty different in the seventies. I mean, he's a lot younger, so I mean that's probably. Oh, see, no, or maybe it's the beard. I, it's probably the voice because it was like spot on for me. He's also in License to Kill. That's the other thing I primarily know him from. Really, it's Sharky. He's I, James Bond's buddy. He drives a boat. Now that you say it, I remember it, but I totally forgot about it. Maybe it's because I block License to Kill out because it's one of my least favorite Bond movies. He's got a line because they like. Like the drug dealers are laundering money or something. Benicio and then, del Toro. Yes, but uh, that's not the part. But like Bond drops a whole chunk of money into. He uses a whole, like a million dollars to knock a bad guy into I the water, that, yeah. and the money all goes in the water. And then Frank McCray goes, "What a terrible waste of money." <laughs> That's a dumb line. That's stupid. It's memorable, though. Anyway, sorry. What were we talking about? Oh, uh, yeah. He loses his job. At the yeah, he loses his job, and he's. Uh, He's got he's to earn again, so he winds up getting drawn back into the ring. Yeah. I really, once again, his scene with Mickey where they're agreeing to uh, work together is one of the best scenes in the movie. I really like that scene on the stair, uh, steps. Yeah. Yeah, I just love that. He's just like, you know, look at my nose here, and he's testing his eyes. and Gives him a little smack, too. Yeah, yeah Apollo Creed would have caved your face in, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, well, at first, you're skipping over the part where uh, Mickey doesn't want to train him because you're going to get hurt, and he's like, well, can I at least help around the gym? You're right. I forgot about that. That was that's, one of the jobs. Yeah. Well, that's the job he actually is able to hold down. Yeah. Until I mean, the, the thing is, it seems like both Mickey and Rocky are content to let him do that, even though he's obviously like all the boxers are are making fun of him and like disrespecting him and all yeah, that. Yeah, I found that also difficult to believe. Yeah, I I remember talking about this when we did Rocky, and it's like Apollo acting out of character. I can rationalize. But Rocky, I think, acts out a character here where he's just not getting angry. He just takes it. and t- He's just this whipped dog and all this stuff. Yeah, and I, that's the part that really bothers me. It's like Rocky in the first movie had this simmering anger and it would come out. Like, I wouldn't expect him to beat up these guys, but I would expect him to defend you know, himself. Not, well, not even defend himself. Like He's so nice. What I would expect is he'd be like, oh, these guys are funny. Huh? And like he would just like hold it in, hold it in, and then he'd just like, put his fist through a window or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That, the I, rage would come out in a way that wasn't directed at anybody. That's what he always did in the first movie is he'd you know, yell at a door or something. 
But here he just kind of takes it and is just cowed, and it, that's the part that bothers me. I think that's very out of character. No, and it also Rocky. bothered me that the guy who gives him the most grief, there's no comeuppance for that guy. There should have been some comeuppance for that guy. Well, Rocky wins the world championship. That's enough comeuppance. The best revenge is living well. Touche. <laughs> you know? Touché. What, what, what other <laughs> comeuppance do you need? Uh, so in the also uh, that we kind of skipped over, Adrian uh, is pregnant. Yes, and uh, another reason why you know Rocky's got to uh, got to earn some money because he's got more responsibilities on the way. Well, he doesn't act like it, but uh, no. eventually he does. Uh, and then we get to complications. She's a coma, which go ahead and defend it. I don't know how. I find it very emotional. He's you know what? he the, all the stuff with him and Mickey waiting in the chapel, and Mickey gives a big speech that I really enjoy. I I, I really think Burgess Meredith is incredible in this movie. I think he's, he's got a, most of the best stuff in this. Movie. He's giving a great performance. He was, you know, he was nominated for best supporting actor for the first movie for doing very little. He's barely in that movie. That all, he should not be nominated. All the things you think of, you know, whether it's yeah. chasing the chickens or whatever, like a lot of the stuff that you think is going to be in the first movie is actually in this movie. Yeah. Um, cause he's actually his trainer. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you see a lot more training? Yeah. Um, even before you get to the montages, because I think like most Rocky movies, it's like, okay, we'll get the training done in a montage, and that's it. <laughs> this is, the, I think, maybe the only Rocky movie where you actually see them train extended like in full scenes, not just a montage where he's punching stuff and you know running, hitting the speed bag or whatever. You actually see him speed. training. and <laughs> right. I know you want to do that. I love that. You don't like that? No, it's good. Speed's what we need. Greasy, fast speed. Here's my, here's my, my issue with it. In the actual ring, in the actual fight, I never see speed. Uh, I mean, it's ha- I mean, the, he hammers on it a bunch. He has him chasing down that chicken. Well, before we get to the fight, let's let's finish talking about Adrian in the coma because I <laughs> yes, please defend it <laughs> because I think so much of the first movie is about their relationship, and so much about this movie is about their relationship fraying at the edges. And so once you get to that point. I am really emotionally invested in their relationship and in Adrian. And, you know, I, it doesn't feel like a manipulation by the plot. It feels like something that I can understand. I mean, whatever. I mean, they can make up whatever medical reason uh, why she would go into a coma. So, okay, then she spends, I don't know, how much of this movie saying he shouldn't fight, you know, the health concerns. She's the one, you know, yelling at Polly that she's the one that's going to have to live with him if he's blind. Right. And then, oh, she has a coma. She wakes up. Nope. Go beat Apollo. What? You're absolutely right, but I still love it. Uh. The, I'm, I'm telling you, she wakes from the, up from the coma. Yes. I, I, I think that's, that's a very emotional moment where she, Rocky's asleep. He's been holding her hand. He's been at the hospital for who knows how many days. And then her, you just see her hand kind of start to move. I just find that very affecting. And I, I, I'm really emotionally engaged at that point. And you're right that her change of heart is completely unmotivated. You know, but I think the fact that Rocky agrees, like, well, if you don't want me mixing with Apollo, I won't do it. It's basically like he's acquiescing to her, saying, okay, I will. She, he's meeting her halfway. To, <laughs> I'm trying not to. Uh, I'm trying not to manufacture reasons of doing this, but that happened relatively naturally. Boy, Mike reacted like, <laughs> oh, it's very exciting. <laughs> you want, if you want the mouse, you can just control the soundboard and play it whenever you want. No, I won't. Uh, okay. I won't do that. To I, the yeah, I'm trying to restrain myself. But no, he, I, I just, but, I, I, there's no explanation for it. There and, isn't. There, and, but it's more filler. It's it's manufactured drama for no reason. It's no more or less manufactured than 
you know anything else in you know in the previous movie it's like it's not she had complications with her pregnancy because she worked at the pet store and she goes into a coma i don't i don't think that's i think if anything the movie's saying that it's stress i don't think it's the pet store i never assume that it's not as if when she when she goes into labor i think prematurely i forget if they say it or if it's just presumed. it's like a month early okay it's when paulie's screaming at her i always assumed it was stress you know it was induced from stress I guess I admire you for your attempted defense, but I am not going to agree on this. But I'm telling you, when she says to him, "There's only one thing I want you to do for me," he goes, "What's that? Win!" And then the music goes bong. I want to jump out of my seat. But it's manufactured for that moment. It doesn't fit with the character and what she's established for the rest of this movie. You're right. It still works for me. It totally works for me. And the Mickey goes, "Oh, what are we waiting for?" It gives me chills. That's, I mean, that honestly, that's like manufactured for the trailer. What are we waiting for? I, I, I doubt that was in the trailer. I don't know. You're you're not meeting this movie halfway. No, that's I'm not because I'm going to tell you right now that probably for me was some of the worst stuff. Totally, the most of the stuff involved with Adrian was just either wet blanket or just filler, manufactured filler for me. I mean, th- their th- relationship in the first movie, I totally bought. And I was invested in it. I'm not in this. Yeah, I mean, I will admit that most of what I'm engaged with in this movie is the leftover goodwill from the first movie. But, I, you know, this what this is depicting is them struggling. So I don't know how you build up that goodwill when you're telling this story. I mean, it's it's assuming that you've seen the first one and that you you are rooting for them already because you've seen the first movie. So it, Rocky Two is not trying to get you invested in their relationship because it's assuming you're already invested. So I, 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 I was, but somehow this put a damper on it. Oh, and it does. I mean, she's totally inconsistent. At some point, she's looking out for Rocky, and then when they're buying watches, ah, all right, get one for Paulie, get one for yourself, Rock. Well, well, which is it, Adrian? Pick a lane. Well, she tries to talk him out of the car. That that's probably the dumbest of the purchase. Well, I don't know. That tiger jacket's kind of stupid too. <laughs> I mean, that's the dumbest. Come on. I mean, that's my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of my favorite too because of how dumb it is. My favorite thing is that you know, partway through the movie, when they're having money troubles, and Rocky goes down to the docks and finds Paulie and is like, "Hey, maybe you can buy this car," you know. And Paulie's like, "You having money troubles?" And it's like, you know. But at no point through the movie does he ever want to sell that jacket. Doesn't even occur to him. <laughs> he's got that jacket even at their lowest. He's working at the, you know, he's working in the gym, <laughs> hauling spit buckets. Still has that jacket. I can't let go of the jacket. He will not let go of the tiger jacket. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, he's obviously very attached to that. He pulls over in the middle of a busy street. I don't even think there's, like, a parking lane. He just stops in the lane and gets up. Look at this jacket. It's amazing. Look at this jacket. He buys her a coat, like a fur coat, and he gets himself that tiger jacket. I I don't know if we ever see her in that fur coat other than, like, the next scene. Other than the next scene when they're buying the watches foolishly, I don't think you ever. Because she probably said, ah, this is impractical. I can't really wear this anywhere. But somehow he justifies wearing that tiger jacket everywhere. I mean, she puts up a little bit of a fight. And I think also with the card, like, I don't know if she really puts up that much of a fight. Like, she's enjoying spending spending the money. She's enjoying it, but she she puts up a, a, a decent fight on the car. And she really tries on the house, and he's just not listening at all. Well, that's true. <laughs> we anyway, really, we should really look upstairs before we buy this house. <laughs> just think about that. I mean, that's another problem I have with this movie, I will admit, is this is Rocky at his dumbest. Rocky is such a dumb dumb in this movie. I mean, part of it is, you know, part of his arc is the revelation that he's kind of semi-literate, and he's 
kind of relearning how to read a little bit. It's, yeah. it's probably something he hasn't done really since school. No, because he was a loan shark collection agent. Right. He dropped out of high school in ninth grade and probably hasn't read a book since. And so now he's, he's making an effort to, because he wants to get a white-collar job and sit at a desk for a living like like that other guy. That really didn't make sense. But you know what? I just, uh, I'm struggling. No, I'm agreeing with you. that I, I have complaints about this movie. Rocky is too much of a dummy. You know, you can't read off the dummy cards. So I, I don't like that. But I'm telling you, it's like it's like a visceral thing when Adrian wakes up from her coma and says, "There's one thing I want to do, want you to do for me." Win, I get a chill, and I know I that it's not motivated, no. and I know that the movie doesn't explain why she's changed her mind. You know, other than just she's decided she you, wants to you be just supported. Want the training montage? That's why you're all pumped up. It's sure, from the first movie, that doesn't. I can't buy off on that. It doesn't make any sense. Well, it's it's unexplained. I, That's different than not making sense. It's unexplained. She has had a change of heart, the reasons for which are not explained. That's not the same thing as not making sense. It makes sense. She's changed her mind. Why? We don't know. There's well, presumably a reason. We just don't know what it is. All right. <laughs> so the important thing is that he trains. Uh, he, as you said, he gets about 1,000 children to run with them. It was 800 specifically. I looked at it. It's on, it's on Wikipedia. Okay, through the streets of Philly. And That's gets, great. And gets ready for this fight. No, I want to talk about this, but I want to talk about that later. Oh, the kids? Yes. Uh, well, there's two montages. There's the speed montage, which is also great. <laughs> Man, there are so many hilarious shots of Burgess Meredith mugging as, as Stallone is training. Every time I watch that first uh, montage, the speed montage... All I'm looking at is Mickey because he's just like eh, 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 in the background, <laughs> mugging and making faces. And even when he's like 25, when he, you know, uh, Stallone's lifting weights, 25, 26. I wish you know I'm, I'm making crazy faces for people listening. Like I, I love Burgess Meredith. Even when he's just watching, not really doing much, he's just kind of making a weird face. Culminating with Rocky catching the chicken, cut to uh, Mickey going, "Yeah, that's speed." <laughs> I love it. it. I go crazy every time. I'm part laughing and part like filled with adrenaline. It's again Angel Devil. Part of me is laughing at the movie, and part of me is a hundred percent on board. Well, fifty percent on board. <laughs> I'm telling you, I have like the halves of my brain, like the logical half of my brain is saying this is not a good movie, and the emotional side of my this brain is, is logical like, side. It's no, not a good movie. I have choose to listen to this is a movie this is an emotional experience this is not a math exam this is a movie if it's working for me on an emotional level then i'm gonna say i like the movie whether or not it works logically you know it's 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 not a logic test it's a story i'm on board for the story i enjoy the story i think it it works for me on that level on a visceral all right gut level this movie works well wrapping up the plot summary for me Rocky gets through his training, fights Apollo, and wins in the most incredibly stupid way imaginable. Why is it stupid? This movie is... I think the, one of the more interesting things about the movie is the way it depicts the fight where Apollo's goal is don't let Rocky go to this distance again. He was embarrassed that this club fighter went the distance. Okay. I'm not going to let him do it again. But, and that's what his downfall is because is he's so de- determined to knock out Rocky in that 15th round when he's, he's winning by points. He's been dominating this fight. I love the fact this whole movie it's so different from the first movie because the first movie is showing Rocky kind of fighting back and he's, he's digging deep and he's, it's, he's fighting from his gut. Rocky 2, it's depicted as he's just getting pummeled. He gets knocked down a couple more. He gets knocked down like three, four times over the course yeah, of this fight. Yeah, I think fight. three that you see. The first movie, he only gets down, knocked down once. 
I think the movie's making it clear. He's not. He's doing worse this time than the previous time. He is getting pummeled and pummeled and pummeled. That's and why it's, it's so aggravating. But I find it interesting that it's so. It's it's actually very different and kind of like. It feels well, a lot darker than the first movie. It's some of the cinematography, there's a really cool slow motion section where that probably is the best part of it. Is I thought that was pretty pretty yeah. well done and pretty cool. It's really cool. There's the part he, he takes a hook. Apollo hits him with a hook in the slow motion sequence, and Rocky kind of gets hit and turns toward the crowd and goes in like woozy, and then cut to a POV shot of the crowd from Rocky's point of view. And they're just like it's it's this crazy, almost surreal kind of slow motion shot of the crowd, and they're all like screaming and their faces are contorted in slow motion and then cut back to Rocky and he kind of makes like a huh? <laughs> kind of a face. And I, it, that moment weirdly I find very profound and also kind of what? funny. Also kind of funny because Stallone kind of pulls a face like <laughs> but hold no, on. No, I'm telling you because let me explain because I told you I have a lot to say about this movie. I almost read into that moment. It's like Rocky for the first time coming to the realization that his pain is for these people's amusement like violence is being acted upon him and he's just now noticing there's a whole crowd here watching me get punched in the face and cheering it 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 reads to me as this weird moment of realization no i mean whether or not that's intended by stallone or not i don't think so i think that's valid i don't whether or not it's intended uh, authorial intent is only part of the story. I think if I'll give you, I, I'm I'll, interpreting this in that moment, and I think it, that's how it works for me. I think that that's fair. I think it's a fair interpretation. I don't think it was intended. I think you're reading in something that I don't think was necessarily intended in, to be there, but maybe, that, that's fair. Maybe, maybe not, but that's how that, that moment plays to me, and it really works. I'm going to disagree with you right now, though, that on this Apollo proving something, he has failed by like the third or fourth round. He's failed at that. Rocky has already gone longer than what he said he was going to, you know, allow this chump, you know, whenever he was going to go down in the second or third round by knockout. By the time you're in the double digits, that should all go out the window. He's failed at that, and he should say, I need to make the best of this situation and make sure I don't do something stupid and lose this fight. Well, you're right. Obviously, that's what he should be doing. That's what, uh, that's what Duke is telling him. I He's know, saying, you've won, you've won this match. You're ahead on points so far. He can't beat you. Just get to the end of the, uh, right. the fight. That's what annoys me. Apollo's not stupid. But that's what the movie's about. It's, he is stupid. This movie is showing that he's stupid. No, There's the he's whole not. scene. One of my favorite scenes in this movie is the scene in his office where Duke gives his speech. I love the speech that Duke gives him where Duke's like, let's go after some new meats. And he's like, no, I want to fight Rocky again. I want this rematch. And he goes, what are you afraid of? Honest? He's all wrong for us, baby. I saw you beat that man like I never saw no man get beat before. And the man kept coming out after you we don't need a man like that in our lives champ i have the scene memorized and he goes i know what you're feeling let it go you're the champ great scene great moment for tony burton who up to this point hasn't had much to do in the series he will obviously become a mainstay farther on and it it illustrates what you're talking about that apollo's not listening to his trainer he's not listening to anybody he's being irrational he's letting his emotion and he's letting his desire to prove himself it's the flip side to what rocky goes through in the first movie it's why he loses i hear you on that but to me he's already lost it by the by the fifth round that's all gone he's he's failed to prove that no it it, rocky's victory in the first movie is that he went the distance so by that logic if apollo can prevent him from going the distance then apollo because apollo is trying to prove that he didn't he didn't even belong in the ring with them and to, to to prove that he would have needed to have knocked him out extremely early in the fight by the time that you've gotten to the double digits and rounds, you've already proven Rocky belongs there. 
So what the rational thought should be taking over, Apollo's not stupid. He's failed in his primary objective. His secondary objective should be to make sure not to lose. And what does he do? He keeps going until he's lost. I don't think it's a question of smart or stupid. It's, it's a question of rational versus emotional. Yes, if he was more rational, what, he would be doing what, exactly what you're saying because that's what, what all of his advisors are telling him to do. But it makes no sense if he's trying to prove that, oh, Rocky's not going to go to the distance. He already has. You're in the last round. If you knock him out in the last round, it doesn't matter. He went the distance. But you're arguing an irration, a rational case. The whole point is that he's not being rational. Your, your argument is that he should be more rational, but that's precisely the point is that he, he's not being rational. No. I mean, you're right, but that's what, that's what his character arc is about. The movie is saying that Rocky, and we'll get, we'll see more of this in Rocky Three. Um, I have mixed feelings about Rocky Three also, but I think the one thing that I like is that it it acknowledges what this movie I think also acknowledges that Rocky should not be the heavyweight champion of the world. He's not that skilled. He's able to endure a lot of punishment, and he's able to he's got a lot of guts, and he's able to keep going when most people would turn throw in the towel. Well, he's got Homer, Homer Simpson syndrome. Yeah, exactly. I mean, kind of, that's that's what that All Simpsons right. episode is. Yeah, is it's a hundred percent. Yeah, parodying. That's exactly right. That's his. Skill. It doesn't necessarily mean he ought to be the champion. He can just take a lot of punishment just, and hang in for round after round after round of getting punched until your opponent gets tired from over punching. <laughs> it, it stings after a while, as he says. <laughs> you get, if you get punched a hundred times in a night, it, gets to, it starts to sting after a while. There's so many funny that I've got all kinds of lines later and, and little details that I'm going to go through of moments that I really enjoy. That's one of them. There's a lot more comedy in this movie. And, that's I mean, true. That's, that is true. Th- this movie is, is very, very funny. It doesn't make it better than the first for me, however. I'm not going to argue it's better. I'm just arguing that I, I kind of like it more. I you, go back and forth. You should feel guilty defending this movie. That yeah, we went over this. I already said I feel guilty about it. I'm not arguing that point. All I'm, right. I am the irrational one. I'm the Apollo Creed. I, you know, I'm trying to knock you out in the 15th round, even though I should stop. <laughs> I'm stopping the fight on the plot summary now. We got to move Boy, on to technology. The Rocky wins the title because they both fall. I mean, you said it was a stupid ending. Yes. So they both, if Rocky somehow punches him and he falls down at the same time and they're trying to climb up. That, I think that's incredibly lame. How else do you end this movie, though? That's the real question. Because they were painted into a corner. I know where you're coming from. I just feel like this is the best of a lot of bad options for how do you end Rocky you, two? You just summed it up right there. They painted themselves into a corner and have terrible options. And this is trying to redeem like Apollo, right? That he gets knocked down, but Apollo, that Rocky's down at the same time. Cause he's taking a massive beating for 14 rounds. Yeah. But it's what it's proving is that Rocky shouldn't be winning this fight. But I think the movie's acknowledging we, that. The reason Rocky, the first Rocky, I liked so much is that it wasn't about the hero has to win because sometimes you can win without actually winning, and they just wanted their cake and eat it too, and it's dumb. But they didn't want Apollo to lose like a chump either because they know Apollo's a really great character. Right. You can't have Rocky just knock out Apollo. No, that's you not can't. Believable. No, but, but that's the thing is that then... It's portrayed as a fluke. I think that's clear. I think the way that the movie portrays it even the announcers are just like, oh, crazy that that happened. <laughs> Rocky Balboa has shocked the world. Even the announcers are just like, what a crazy thing. Yeah, the, the, the way they're, they're describing. both on the mat at the same time. Come on. Again, there's no other way. I mean, you can't have Rocky lose the fight again. That's just, first of all, that's really doing the same thing twice. You have to raise the stakes. It's a sequel. You have to raise the stakes. You have to take it to the next level. Their only next level really is for Rocky to win. If you're going to make it about a rematch, 
inherent to this premise. There's no other way to end this movie other than to have Rocky win the bout and win the heavyweight championship. It's just no. there's no other way. You're, sure you're you painted in that corner. Apollo could knock out Rocky. But that's so unsatisfying. That's not a, that's not a way to end Rocky too. I would have been fine what's, with it. What's the moral victory there? There's just no way to do it in a way that still feels like the first movie he loses, but he's proven himself. He's won his self-respect. What's the equivalent? What's the thing that he can do and still lose? There's just nothing. But what you're arguing right now is that this movie doesn't need to exist. That's well, the whole point. It doesn't need to exist. It was but about I want money. But I want it to exist. Just because you this, want it doesn't mean it needs to. It's, this movie, they painted it, themselves in a corner and they made it where Rocky has to win the fight. Then they come up with this absurd way because any other way for him to win would probably be yeah. too unbelievable. This is an incredibly stupid way for him to win. No, I think it's actually... I'm, I'm amazed it works as well as it does. I'm not saying that it's... I'm not saying that it's great. I, I, okay, having him lose... Having him lose is too unsatisfying. Having him just beat... Apollo with skill is too unbelievable. There's a very, very narrow path they have to walk in right. order to make it's this. It's so narrow because it shouldn't exist. That's the point. <laughs> they have to make it a fluke. That's the only way to make it work at all. And so you're saying that it's terrible, but it's the only thing that makes sense. How else? There's just no other way. There's, because there's no reason for this to exist. Okay. There just there isn't. If you wanted to do something... The, the, there are reasons for it to exist. The chicken chasing is a lot of fun. Think of all the things we wouldn't have in the world. I'd be fine with all with those things that wouldn't exist. I'd be okay with it. You chase this chick. You catch this chicken, you can catch grease lightning. Just have... It's I mean, such a fun sequence. Um, honestly, it's just... And you wouldn't have any of the sequels. Like, uh, this... No, you could still have sequels. You could have had it where Apollo fought somebody else, lost the title, and decided he was going to retire. And guess what? Then Rocky picks up the mantle, and Apollo becomes his trainer. There's a whole bunch of stuff you could well, do. That's Rocky Three, Right. That's what my, what my point is. You could have went right to Rocky Three. There was no reason for Rocky Two other than the first one made so much money, they had to make a sequel. So they made it, and we're going to give the audience what they want. Rocky wins. That's what this movie is. But then what you're proposing is Rocky just beats somebody else. He wins That's against fine. somebody else. Because but why Apo- is that better than him beating... Not, why is it better? Because Apollo is a great character unto himself. So this is all about Apollo with you. You just, you just don't like Apollo losing. I, I don't care that Apollo loses. I don't like what they turned Apollo into because that's not what that character is. Apollo's it, a smart, smart businessman. He would not have made this decision. It's it's a slightly more ugly side to the character. I don't necessarily think it's out of character. But I, these, these are two different things. The way the end fights versus the way Apollo is portrayed. I'm more with you on the Apollo thing. And, I but, wish that they had but, fleshed out that no, story more. No, because they painted him into a corner. They had to make him the villain because they were making this movie. If you get rid of Rocky II... The franchise isn't really all that different. Well, it sets up their, the son. Rocky and Adrian have a kid. I mean, you, you could have had that happen off screen. Off screen. Right, in between one and three. There, this movie doesn't need to exist. I'm, I'm not going to convince I, you, but it doesn't need to exist. I mean, it depends I'm going to the audience at Arms, or Arms Race Podcast on Twitter. It depends on what you mean by doesn't mean to exist. If Yes, you could go straight to Rocky Three. Although in Rocky Three, you can't even win a title off screen. Like, no. If they just set it up like, here's Mr. T, and he's the new champ, and yes. Rocky needs to is going to face him. That's what it should be. But then, why is Rocky Balboa fighting for the heavyweight title again when he was just a club fighter who was only given a shot? Without Rocky Two, there's no plausible reason why he would ever get another title shot. He only gets another title shot because it was one of the most watched fights in the, the world. It was dubbed, after the fact, dubbed Super Fight, because then that is a Super it's Fight Super 2. Fight two. <laughs> so at some point after the fight, some of the, it was called Super Fight in the press. That's how big the fight was, is Super Fight. It's the Super Bowl of fights. And so 
if not, if not for the rematch, Rocky would have never gotten another title shot. If Mr. T beat Apollo Creed and then, you know, guys, Clubber Lang, Clubber Lang's not giving up a Rocky Balboa title shot. You may have me on that. It's still not going to justify the existence of this movie. I like this movie. It's flawed, but I like it a lot. All right. Let's just move on. There's, yeah, there's nothing more to talk about. Here. It's already up in the cloud. What cloud? What cloud? We're, we're, we're even being too combative to play the meet me halfway. We're beyond meeting halfway at this point, I think. <laughs> Maybe we'll be able to come back around by the end and we'll, uh, we'll have made amends. Yes, Much like Apollo and Rocky do, right? That's, that's true. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> well, that, that'll, that'll be our, our arc. <laughs> You're the Apollo, I assume, of this, uh, of this podcast. Uh, I'll, most I'll, likely, yes. I'll be the Rocky. Uh, so on this segment, uh, we do our best to try and outline how the movie might be different with technological developments and how the plot might change or just other elements to the movie. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have a ton on this. I do have one uh, that I wanted to highlight. That Look, the, the whole, and granted, it's not a lot of filler, but this idea of Rocky needing to get a job and an office job, today he'd have either some YouTube channel or something after Super Fight, if he is involved in Super Fight, he's never going to have to work a day job in his life again. But he's terrible in front of the camera. We see this. It doesn't matter. There's uh, there's people that just watch people who are awful singers. There would be a subculture that would love his awful acting performances that he would be able to make money on the internet. No doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind. I, I think you're overestimating how much those people make. He, how much was he made? He was barely scraping by getting anything at the uh, the meatpacking plant. He wasn't looking to make hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, he, no. He would have been able to make a, a wage that he was looking to earn and live off of. Well, I also think you're, you're overestimating what Rocky's technological abilities would be if he was in his 30s today. I'm not even sure. I know it's like, well, you every, know, like everybody. Adrian could have, though? Come on. Maybe. We had this discussion in Rocky 1 where you were saying that they would be on, on Tinder. And it's like, I, I don't know if either of them would be using Tinder. It's the same thing here. I don't know if Rocky's on YouTube. Come on. I don't on. know. Rocky, all he wants. Who isn't that would be like a 30 and under? Absolutely. I guess. I have a hard time imagining what Rocky would be like if he was born in like 1986 or whatever. Like, I, I just well, he don't probably know. wouldn't be a boxer, right? Because boxing isn't, you know, isn't what it was. Yeah, that too. I mean, we covered that in the first. We can't say that every Rocky episode. No. Oh, he wouldn't be a boxer. It's like, well, that, uh, no. at this point, that goes without saying. I, I just, I find one, it was just filler anyway. It's because they're remaking the first movie, but they don't have a bunch of Rocky's arc to do in, that they had in the first movies. They put a bunch of fake obstacles that are just a waste of time and the office job is one of them in my view today that would be one that would easily be on the cutting room floor because well, it's not plausible i was wondering because like that's a thing that doesn't exist anymore in that form like, i'm not even sure is he going to placement agency that i i guess it's not unemployment he's going to like no he's doing interviews with individual companies that's the other thing too is mm, i'm not sure that's true that's, that seems more like a placement agency where like people are waiting in line like, he's just in a line and he goes up to the front and the guy's no. like sorry buddy you don't have any experience he's in one he's in in a like an like a bank office the yeah, first one there's one that's in an office yeah but I, that guy's more like it doesn't feel like it's for a particular job it's yes more, it i think it was Absolutely. what do you think that job was for? i have no idea how did he get an interview then if that's the case the I, guy was gracious just gracious enough to bring him in for an interview to tell him rocky that, balboa the italian stallion yeah, yeah the guy doesn't even seem to know who he is he says like i from what i hear you're a pretty good fighter why don't you continue fighting the guy barely knows who Rocky is. He apparently doesn't follow boxing. No, but I, I didn't take it that it was a placement agency. 
I, I think that he had some individual interviews. How he got them set up, I don't know. That, I, I'm not sure how that stuff worked back then, though. That's the thing. Because that's, that's what seems different to me is just the whole process of, and well, believe me, I know firsthand, the whole the process of job, looking for jobs. I was going to say, looking for work definitely would be different today without a doubt. Yeah. You never really see him you know, with a paper circling one ads. Like, that's the thing. I, that's I, the shorthand in movies. Never occurred to me until this time. It's like, yeah, that's usually what you see characters do in old movies when they're looking for a work. They'll, they'll circle with a red pen. Yeah, I, just, ads. I just started watching uh, The Deuce on HBO, and it's set around basically the same time, and mm-hmm. it's exactly that. They're shorting. Well, got to look in the want ads and circle something. It made me wonder, like, does Rocky know about the want ads? <laughs> so he, does he, he never... know that newspapers have these jobs? Right. Well, I mean, he does have trouble reading, so maybe that's the issue. But, I guess. Uh, did you have anything on the technology front? That really was the big one to me. Uh, the two things where I, I was expecting him to look at want ads. I think I had like a I had a vague memory of Rocky circling want ads. I'm like, oh, I think I just imagined that. Just every other movie, right? Just my mind just filled it in because yeah. that's what you would expect. Um, no, but the other thing uh, I think would be different now is Apollo trying to goad Rocky out into the open to fight again. Oh yeah, that's all happening on social media now. That becomes Twitter beef. A- ab- absolutely, because so, Apollo's on Twitter, you know. Oh, Apollo <laughs> absolutely is. He's, he'd be on there every day. But then, if you're going to say that there's a Twitter beef and that Rocky is at least responding, then you have to acknowledge Rocky's on Twitter. And if Rocky's on Twitter, he is not looking for a job because he already has a social media following. He's making money off of his name. I think if there, if Rocky's on one thing, it's Twitter. I guess why? Wait a minute. Why? <laughs> let me just wait. Let me because just because you like Twitter. That's why Rocky's that's, on it. That's exactly what I was going to oh, say. That's a joke. I think I just identify with Rocky so much that I just assume that you Rocky was... would be do the things that I do. <laughs> <laughs> that's how much I identify with Rocky. Yeah, because I hate Facebook. I, I uh, you know, I'm looking for a job, but I still hate LinkedIn, so I refuse to do LinkedIn. I hate all social media, but I kind of like Twitter, and so yeah, I think Rocky would would. Kind of like, enjoy Twitter. <laughs> yeah, you're right. This is it's you know I'm I'm at least acknowledging it. I acknowledge that I have a, an unreasonable attachment to the Rocky movies. I never claimed anything otherwise. Now that we're getting into the not great Rocky movies, and I'm still defending them. Believe me, we're in for several more episodes like this. So you better prepare yourself. All right, I will. I'll meet you halfway. Okay, thank you. You can meet me halfway. Uh, that's, that's, I'm calling a moratorium. I'm meet me halfway for this episode. Uh, you can do no such thing. I can do whatever I want, although you control the soundboard. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you have no control over it at all. Oh, that's a perfect time. I that, offered to give you the mouse and you refused. Uh, since that is uh, a technological instrument, that's probably a good segue to end uh, our technology segment and move on to the little details. Uh, let's do little details. Once again, I forgot what that was. That cardboard headstone tipped over. The, this graveyard is obviously phony. I almost hit questions for the second episode in a row. Uh, so this is the segment where we go through some of the minutiae and uh, call attention to points that we like and sometimes dislike, which we'll see on this episode, I think. You're just being provocative now. You're just trying to get a rise out of me at this point. You're the Apollo. You really are the Apollo of this episode. <laughs> Italian Scally, whatever you're called. You're just, it's you and Brett Musburger on TV. You're just goading me. You're just trying to get a response out of me, just like Apollo did. Well, before, let's, let's get our house in order, because I think there's another thing on the soundboard here that I have right at the top of the list uh, for my little details oh. that you need to get out of the way. What's that? A certain sighting of a Mr. Frank Stallone. Oh, you're right. Thank you for uh, calling that out. You guessed it. Frank Stallone. Playing the same character, I assume. Yeah, I mean, so I, I didn't know if you were just not going to count it, but to me, oh, it's no, I have it in my details. All right. it's, it's in there somewhere. All right, well, so that was the first one I wanted to lead off with to make sure that we got credit where credit was due. Yeah, it's the, it's the, string, the I almost said string quartet, the barbershop quartet yeah. that sings. Well, here's the thing. 
we see them when they're walking home from the wedding, right? Rocky's carrying Adrian back home. And they're like, oh, it's this, this is the neighborhood jukebox. Why don't you sing us a song? And, and uh, Frank starts up a new song called Two Kinds of Love. I don't know if you remember. There are two kinds of love. Okay, man. That song was written by Frank Stallone. Is about how much Frank Stallone loves sluts. <laughs> oh, can I sing? Can I sing you the lyrics of this song? It's on the soundtrack, and every time I get to it, it's just like <laughs> the lyrics. <laughs> so it's two kinds. Two kind. I'll just sing it. Two kinds of love that you ought to know. There are two kinds of love. One kind is the girl that you take to the show. That's one kind of love. The other is the girl that will never say no. And that's the best kind of love for me. That's <laughs> is that really the two word? kinds? Of, it doesn't get to that part in the movie, but it's on the soundtrack. Two kinds of love written by Frank Stallone. That's what Frank Stallone wants to sing about. I think you should play the Frank Stallone button one more time in his honor. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll play this thing. I thought you were going to say I'll play the song. I can pull up the song if you want. It's it, uh, I, mean, I, I basically sang the whole thing. I believe you on it. You don't need to. Oh, it's just every time that comes up on the set. It's on my phone, and just randomly it'll come up when I'm on shuffle and stuff, or when I'm <laughs> listening to the Rocky soundtracks. Yeah. Quite the serenade for their walk home. I guess it's their honeymoon. Getting, they don't yeah. really technically go on a honeymoon. No, so that's it. This no. is their honeymoon. That is. <laughs> this is the song that Frank Stallone decided to sing to the newlyweds. So uh, what's what's your first little detail? I'm just going to start with this because it happens to be the page I'm on of my 20 pages. All right. Um, I love the list of things that Rocky is going to buy. That press conference is great. There's so many great but, scenes. But we, never really t- we haven't talked about individual scenes, so I'm going to get to the scenes I like here. But the press conference is great. It's a great scene. You know, would you like to say something derogatory about the champ? Derogatory? Yeah, he's great. It's great. I, I love all that stuff. No, but it's 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 the list that Rocky uh, lists. I, I, one thing I like about Rocky too is it feels like a lot of the interactions between Stallone and Burgess Meredith are improvised, at least semi-improvised. Uh, that press conference in particular, because I have it in my little details, that the press conference is great, uh, great performance by really all involved. Mickey's reaction to Kermit the Frog is great. It, yeah, that's where it, I was it going. makes me think that it was actually ad libbed. I don't. I don't know if that was in the script. I have the exact line. He goes, "I'm going to get some Muppet toys, you know, Ernie yeah. and Big Bird and that the Frog. What's yeah. his name? Kermit or something?" And then, Mix, I don't. Know. I don't know. <laughs> and then everyone laughs. Everyone, everyone in the room is laughing as if the actors in the room are just reacting to right, what's that, happening. But I don't think that was intentional. And give Carl Weathers credit for not breaking. He just he's scowling the whole time. He doesn't laugh. Like yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's all ad-lib there's also ad-libbing i'm pretty sure in the chicken scene where okay uh, stallone's like i don't know about this it doesn't seem very mature and then mickey's like neither is you very mature <laughs> i'm pretty sure that exchange was ad-lib i think i think brings flies was scripted why do you wear that sweatshirt oh, it brings me luck you know what it brings it brings flies brings flies uh, this is a funny movie what was so wait i want to hear what the list of, oh, okay. of rocks first of all those things gotta do is pay the rent He's going to get a couple of hats, maybe a motorcycle, a couple of quarts of perfume for Adrian. Because she loves that stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's right, because she loves that stuff. Quarts of perfume seems like a whole lot of perfume. but uh, And some Muppet toys, a statue for the church, and then a snow cone machine for Polly. You like snow cones, don't you, Polly? And then he's like, yeah. <laughs> he's just sitting over there like, yeah, I do like snow cones. But he likes them so much that he eats about one-tenth of the one snow cone that we see and immediately throws it on the he ground. He got a brain freeze, you know? That's, he can't, well, no, he can't he, stand anymore. He, he doesn't have the fortitude of Rocky. He did get a new car, so I'll give him, I'll give him credit <laughs> right. for it because that's when he got a Trans Am. Yeah, he didn't want to get the car all sticky, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it is, I was thinking, because he takes over the collecting job on the docks, 
<laughs> that seems Tony Gods. That seems like a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah, well, we talked about it in the first episode. Mr. Gazzo is terrible. He's not a good mobster. The fact that he would agree to let Pauly do this job because it's like, what? How intimidating can you be holding a snow cone in your hand? He's like, yeah, I'm taking your five bucks. He's got a snow. He's just munching on a snow <laughs> cone. You know, he's collecting. He's actually collecting from a guy. He's like, you got more stories than a book. You know that? And he collects a snow cone. He's munching on a snow cone while he's collecting money. I that is not something you see in The Sopranos. There's no, no snow cones being enjoyed in The Sopranos. Actually, that seems like the kind of thing that would be in The Sopranos for all like the mundane stuff that those guys do in The Sopranos. It, it would be pretty great if Christopher was a snow cone fan. No, I could see you know like Big Pussy or somebody like munching on a snow cone while he's doing his job. Just you know, I could see Sil- uh, Silvio actually. Yeah, Silvio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually, yeah, he might be I like Cherry the best. I, uh, do you notice uh, Burt Young, I'll give him credit, but also I know this changes in Rocky Three. but I'll give him credit that he lost a lot of weight between movies. Oh, yeah. Big time. He looks great. Like He, he actually looks really thin. They comment, they have to comment on it because he's lost so much weight. Yeah. Well, and it doesn't make sense on the timeline either of how he lost all that weight. No, uh, they, in the hospital scene at the beginning, they make an effort. Like, he's sticking his chin into his chest to try to hide the lack of double chin. <laughs> You know, I think they got padding on him. They're trying to make him look heavier in the opening. And yeah, then, like, six months go by, and then the next time you see him, I think the next time you see him is at the meatpacking plant when he helps Rocky get that get job. job. And yep. then Rocky comments, like, oh, he's looking thin, eh? So I was wondering, actually, do you think he lost that weight to be tougher so that he could do his collection job more efficiently? But all he did is get thinner. He didn't, like, he didn't, right. He didn't if anything, up. being bigger, like, heavier would be better. Yeah, you know? more intimidating. Unless he's got to chase someone down. I guess he may, there's a chance he may have to chase a guy down in a, Forklift, forklift, swinging a <laughs> stick at him. Forklift, forklift. Yeah, that's what it was in the first movie. That's what Rocky had to do. So maybe he lost weight so he could chase these guys. That actually makes sense. There, I've, I've answered the question. All right. Asked and answered. We're not, in, we're not in questions, but there. So I have, this is going to make you mad, but I have, you know what the best scene in the whole movie is? What? Replaying of Apollo's Can't Believe It from the first movie. It's the best scene in the movie. Scene or just moment? Like, you're, saying, the, the, You're probably the right. It's, it's probably it's probably a moment. No, that that's that's still probably my favorite moment in the first Rocky movie, right. and I'm glad it gets replayed in the second. Sure, but it's it's a moment from the first movie. It's, right. like, it's almost weird giving this movie credit for it. <laughs> the only concession getting, you're willing to give is from a different movie. Yeah, because it's the best <laughs> part of this movie because it was from the other movie that needed to exist. Yes, this one doesn't. But we've seen it before. It's a it's the second time. If you're going to give this movie a hard time for repeating the first movie, then you're, you're literally giving it... No. You're saying the best part is when it literally repeats yeah. a scene from the first movie. Because what I'm saying is that the first movie should exist. This one shouldn't. That's what I'm saying. You're irrationally defending this movie. You know deep down it doesn't need to exist. It's not a question of not needing to exist. Not everything needs to exist. Art doesn't need to exist, you know? I'd be okay with that. (laughs) Boy, why do we even do this podcast then if that's the case? It's just like, you know, movies don't need to exist. Music doesn't need to exist. Beauty doesn't need to exist. This movie is is enjoyable to watch. Many many movies should be telling a story. This is telling a story that's already been told. There are new things about the story. On the margins. The, the last half of this movie you in particular like really scenes. works. It's fine that you like scenes, but you know that if you... You already said you'd like to just take the scenes you like from this and smash them into the, the first Rocky. Sure. Yeah, there's not that... Uh, to me, I don't think there's that many of them. Maybe there's more for you than there are for me. But that's, to me, that's the definition of this movie doesn't need to exist. There's a few scenes that you would like to have been added in a longer cut of Rocky. Rocky 2 is less than the sum of its parts. I, I believe that, and I agree. But to say it... I guess what I'm reacting to is the for you to say that the best moment in this movie is a moment from a different movie. 
You're just being intentionally provocative. You're calling me the Italian chicken. Or the, Scal- chi- the chicken stallion, I should the say. The Italian scallion. <laughs> he calls him the Italian scallion with Brent Musburger. Then the, the full-page ad he takes out to, to mock <laughs> Rocky, it says, the chicken stallion, which seems wrong. It should be the Italian chicken. And then later, I think he calls him the Italian chicken. So it's like, okay, Apollo, if you're going to mock Rocky, he should be consistent. Pick one. He yeah, should be consistent. The Italian I, chicken is obviously the way to go. Ah, uh, See, I think the Italian scallion is the way to go. It's a play on words, but is a scallion cowardly? Obviously, a chicken is cowardly, or at least that's the, the connotation. The Italian chicken, he's trying to call him a coward. What does Italian scallion mean? Like, it rhymes, that's it. That doesn't mean anything. I, I learned from an interview with Brent Musburger recently. I'll just go into this little detail. Because he's in the news, Brent Musburger. We should explain Brent Musburger was a big American sports broadcaster yeah. for years and years and years. Decades. Yeah. Every time I forget he's in this movie. Oh, yeah. Brent Musburger was in this movie. Right? I, I certainly didn't know it and was surprised. Um, but he was recently... I don't know if you're aware, but Brent Musburger is now in semi-retirement. He has become this like sports gambling expert. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he lives in Vegas, and he's the only time he appears on like radio shows and on like television shows is to be the gambling expert. Oh, that's, that's what he has become in his retirement. But now with the Raiders moving to Vegas, they just announced a couple weeks ago he's going to be the radio play-by-play guy for, oh, the, for the Vegas Raiders. That's so awesome. Yeah, at like 82 or however old he is now. Um, so he's been in the news, and he's been doing a lot of interviews, and someone happened to ask him about Rocky II. What was it, what was it like working on Rocky II? And he said, you know, Stallone was just directing him. There was, like, one lighting guy. You know, they were just shooting, like, a news report, so they just there's a minimal crew. Yeah, it was also probably, like, what he did every day, right, as right, a that, broadcaster. That's exactly what Stallone said. He said, I'm not going to give you a script. Just interview Apollo Creed. It's like, you know, you watch the first movie, so you're familiar with the, yeah, what, with what, what, the history and all and that. And what questions would you ask? Right, yeah. and so, so they ad-libbed one take. And then Brent Musburger's like, let me try it again. He's like, no, we got it. And Stallone just like left. Like him, him and Carl Weathers just perfect. Yeah, just, just bolted. Which means all of Apollo stuff is improvised. Which means Italian Scallion was just off the top of Carl Weathers' head. Yeah. Which is, I think, kind of funny. Whatever his name what's, is. What's, what's his name? <laughs> Scallion? Stallion? I just enjoy the, I, the fact that the Carl Weathers improvised all that. I, so actually on that, that's, I have that as one of my details that Brent Musburger is a much younger man, but Apollo even offers to accept the charges of a collect call. I just <laughs> asked, right. how can Rocky not accept that offer? I mean, it's a funny... Hey, Apollo, I, I just wanted to talk to you. I heard you accept the charges. I mean, they should have done that just to, like, troll Apollo. Just like, we're accepting your... <laughs> we will accept your challenge, but only if you <laughs> accept this collect call. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny moment. Uh, call me collect. So I had a uh, this is nah, it's not really a question. We're talking about when that um, agent is talking about all these opportunities that you're going to have uh, with with Rocky's image and creating the Rocky doll that it can the toy that can take a beating. Mm-hmm. I want to know was this the original wrestling buddy? Do you remember wrestling buddies? Uh, are the, is it those like pillows, like pillow stuffed animal type things? Was it the, the commercial where the, some one kid throws the pillow at the other kid and goes drop kick? That's Hulk Hogan. Yes. I remember that commercial vividly. Is it, is it those? Yeah. So my question is, I think that Rocky II had the original idea for wrestling buddies. If, if that's what it is, it's, it sounded to me like he was describing something more like Stretch Armstrong, where you just like the arms and legs kind of stretch and they don't snap it, and all that. I assume that based on the time period, it will, probably would have been an action figure type doll. But when it's saying it can take punches and kicks, I'm like, that's a wrestling buddy to me. It does sound like a wrestling buddy. It's, it's kind of funny, and I don't know if it's just... 
hindsight being twenty twenty, or you know, time has changed. But the idea of like you could punch it, you can kick it, you know, for kids. <laughs> the idea of like <laughs> let them beat the hell out of something—that's the thing that you let kids do. I guess, but why isn't that? I mean, kids play with Nerf guns. Oh yeah, we, that, we did it. Yeah, I, I don't know if uh, yeah, I'm probably just—it's probably still the same. Yes, not having kids, I don't know how how violent kids are are expected to be or allowed to be or whatever. I just found that funny. All right. I want to uh, bring up one moment in the score. Like I said, I think this is, this is definitely my favorite score by Bill Conti in the series. I do have a certain appreciation for the Rocky Four score. Um, by, boy, I should know the name of the guy who did the Rocky Four score. It's, it's escaping me right now. Um, but there's a moment in the, it's the track that plays when they're riding to the hospital in the ambulance while the opening credits are happening. Yep. There's something about the way the track ends that sounds to me like an 80s sitcom theme. <laughs> and let me just demonstrate. Okay. There's only one way I can explain what I mean, and that's by demonstrating. So I'm pulling up the music. It's this track. All right, the end of this track, and I'll just... Bear with me. All right, here we go. Rocky is filmed before a live studio audience. It, the, the way that ends, it just sounds like a sitcom. I, see, sitcom, I'm not sure, but you know what it fe- feels like a little bit to me? Especially hmm. you doing it? Hmm. Felt like a little bit like Hill Street Blues. Okay. that's what, And I, I wouldn't call it a sitcom, but that it had that feeling. Hill Street Blues not filmed before a live studio audience, though. No, but it has that feeling. Yeah, so, a little bit. Okay, I, an 80s TV show. Absolutely. That's, it does feel like an 80s TV that's show. That's the only moment in that score that I'm not crazy about. But otherwise, I think there's, the, the music in the fight, I think, is incredible. It is really good. All right, so what else do I want? So some of them I, we've already covered, because the hospital room scene, I... I, I wanted to highlight that I think it was well acted on both. It was a really short scene where Rocky, you know, limps down the hall, find a, finds Apollo's room, and I don't know if Apollo's half in the bag and drugs or whatever, but he, he seems a little out of it. Well, Rocky's in a wheelchair. Just Is he in a wheelchair? Yeah, I thought he was like on crutches. No, he's definitely in a wheelchair. All right. But I just thought it was really well acted, and it's kind of a sweet scene, ironically enough, for I think both involved. Yeah, I think it's it, obviously this wasn't intended, but I think it really does a good job setting up their friendship starting in Rocky Three. Like, yeah. it's it's a little seed that gets planted that blossoms Grows, in, in the next yeah. movie. Yeah, I agree. That's a great scene. I, the, I also, sorry, I also like the nurse asking for him for his autograph to a good friend. Uh, oh boy, I should know the the name of the kid. The he signs this, to a good friend so and so who I don't even know. No. I love his line reading of that. So on the other end of the spectrum, however, for me with hospitals. There was way too much time. We already covered it with Adrian in the hospital. And then this is infuriating to me that Rocky spends no time with a newborn because he's waiting for Adrian to wake up. Totally unacceptable. Totally unacceptable. It seems in character, though, for him. The doctors and the... I'm telling you, I know it was a different time. There's no way that they would say that neither one of the parents should be interacting with a newborn. Totally unacceptable. Uh, In the 70s... I buy it. I'm not sure I buy that. It, I mean, would it have reverted to Adrian because it was the 70s? Yes, but she's in a coma. There, no, you have to have interaction with newborns. When you say have to, in what sense? You mean like you picking s- up, holding? It's like required, but required in what way? Like, like legally? I, no, not legally. But they would be they would be putting pressure that Rocky, you need to take your son. You can't just leave him for the nurses. But obviously you can, because he does. I mean, what, if he refused, what are they going to do? Then, uh, all right. You're well, right. What could they, they le- do? They legally can't, but that's, it's an indictment on the character if... No, he's so concerned with Adrian. Like, 
He doesn't want to leave her side. No, I, he I, goes between her I'm, and the chapel. That's the only places he ever goes until she wakes up. Yeah, I'm not buying that. I'm and just it's it's a major character flaw if that's true. If his if his wife is more important than his newborn son, that's a major character flaw in Rocky. It really is. Well, I would agree, and I think that's a flaw that actually continues. I don't think. Well, I think in this movie it's it's not intentional, but you know I think that's something that continues on through the series. Is Rocky is not a very good father. He just isn't. And sometimes that's shown intentionally by Stallone, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's negligence on the part of Stallone, the screenwriter. All right. But Rocky's a bad father, and he, that will play out. And I think that's, okay. a, that's just, <laughs> if anything, it's establishing, it's another seed planted in the ground. All right, Apollo, that's his, fair. his friendship with Apollo is planted and his terrible parenting skills. I will buy that, then, if, you, if you're going to tell me that it is highlighted intentionally or unintentionally in future movies, fine. Yeah, it is. Intentionally, for sure, and at least a couple. All right. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, but I'm saying I don't think that is in Rocky Two to set that up. I think it's just Stallone. Was, he wanted to focus on you know the coma because that's the drama. You know the baby's fine. There's no drama there other than just Rocky's not seeing him, <laughs> engaging with his right. son, whatever. And he wanted to see the baby together. It was it was it's for storytelling purposes so that the reveal of the baby they can be there together. Again, it's just I don't know what that scene is. I guess you could just have him looking into the glass. But you're saying that's not enough. No, because he should be feeding his son. It never, it's never bothered me once. And even no. talking about it now, it doesn't bother me. All right. I'm just going to go through lines. Like, again, this movie is it's way more of a comedy than the first Rocky. That is absolutely true. And I, I kind of, I, again, I have mixed feelings about it like I have about everything in this movie. But it's one thing that I think over the course of the series I enjoy, and that's Stallone's attempt to turn Rocky into a kind of a Yogi Berra figure where he has all these kind of malpropisms that he keeps <laughs> saying. Right. Um, I think in this movie it doesn't, it only works in parts, but there are some later in the series that I love. Actually, my favorite one of them is in Rocky Five, and I'll wait until we get there. Right. It may su- surprise some people because most people don't like Rocky Five, but my favorite, to, to, I mean, for people who don't know Yogi Berra, he was famous. He was a baseball player, and he was famous for having these phrases that were you know it didn't make sense like you know nobody goes there anymore it's too crowded like that sort of a thing right but let me go through i just i really enjoy rocky well, the first one is rocky do you think i have any brain damage i don't see any it's hilarious <laughs> rocky's hilarious in this movie i don't know how you can't get on board and then of course we talked about this on i think a previous episode uh i don't think it was the first rocky but at some point where mr gazo at the wedding is like oh you, you made some money why don't you invest in some condominiums condominiums I never use them. That is a Great. genuinely funny line. He doesn't know what a condominium is, and so you know he just assumes he means something else. You know what I actually really love about that moment? Because that's, that's where, and then it cuts to them walking home, or Rocky carrying Adrian home, and the street, street singers and all that. Stallone could have just cut to the street and, them, and Rocky carrying Adrian home. Or he could have cut to a reaction shot of... Joe Spinell being like, oh, you know, like condominiums, I never use them. You know, he could have gone for a comedy reaction shot. Stallone does neither of those things, and I kind of love what he does. Instead, uh, Rocky says, condominiums, I never use them. Mr. Gazzo has no reaction, and then they both just kind of turn and leave the frame. (laughs) As if this is the end of a sketch, like a Saturday Night Live sketch or something. (laughs) I didn't think about that. It's something really funny funny about that. I, I really enjoy it. Um, okay, some more. Look at these. Oh, and when they buy, and they're buying the place, and he goes, "Look at these numbers. They, own, they almost add up to nine. That's a good omen." Street address is two three one three, so they add up to exactly nine. They do add up to nine. Um, <laughs> when he's uh, interviewing with that guy in the what bank or whatever it is, and the guy goes, "Do you have a criminal record, Mister Balboa?" Mm, nothing worth bragging about. That's funny. Why is that funny? I, I it, it shows 
from what a different world he's coming from. Right? right? That a criminal record is something to brag about for Rocky. So oh, <laughs> is nothing worth I guess bragging I didn't about. I put that together. You know, and it, the guy is kind of shocked by it. Oh, and then he's arguing with Adrian. He wants to fight again. And Adrian's worried he's going to get hurt. And he goes, No, I see great. I see like a beagle or something. I messed that <laughs> I, one. I see like a beagle. Great. Uh, my favorite line from Rocky in this movie. You're going to hate this. I know you hate it already just from the look on your face. He can't catch the chicken, and he leans on the wall, and he goes, I feel like a Kentucky Fried Idiot. Why is that funny? <laughs> that is a great, it's so funny. No, it's not. I feel like a Kentucky Fried Idiot is great. It's the perfect way to end that scene. He can't oh. catch the chicken. He feels like a Kentucky Fried Idiot. Oh, I can't say I enjoy that at all. Why? You know what? I do enjoy it more than The Jerk, but that's not saying much. <laughs> okay, fine. Saying this is a better comedy than The Jerk, and this isn't even a comedy, that's, that's a compliment to Rocky, no, too. That particular scene was better than... All right. Anyway, um, I kind of talked about already how I love how Burgess Meredith is kind of... I love his performance in this. And I also, it's, a, it's a weird thing because I think some of the time he's giving a great dramatic performance and some of the time i just find him hilarious and just mugging and overacting oh it's a lot of cartoon with mickey but i like that and i i wonder if stallone deliberately wrote his part to play more into that brooklyn accent that he has because he's writing a lot more words like poiminant he's gonna hurt you poiminant i feel like he stallone deliberately put in more words like poiminant and then uh, before the fight Rocky's like, oh, I feel like I'm getting a headache. No, 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 you're in perfect working condition. Perfect, perfect. I, I feel like that's deliberate. He's, let me find a way to put in the word perfect a bunch of how times. Ma- how, many, yeah, how many times can I work this in? Because it's great. I enjoy it. I, I think uh, it's, yeah. it's one of the charming things about uh, Mickey is that accent that he's got. I agree. I'm not, not going to badmouth Mickey in this movie. It's an accent that's sort of disappeared. It's, it's a kind of old-timey American accent. Yeah. It's like an early 20th century Brooklyn accent that nobody really has anymore. No, because Brooklyn is not what Brooklyn once was. No. Well, even you know, in the 70s, kids growing up in Brooklyn didn't really talk like that anymore. Right. Uh, okay. What else we got? Oh, so, so the one I, I mentioned earlier, the one Stallone directorial flourish that I think is unique to Stallone. I don't think I've ever seen any other director do this. And I'm going to call it the Rocky Whoosh, which I I don't have a better name for it. So it's the Rocky Whoosh. It's not used that much in Rocky 2. It's only a handful of times, but it becomes more and more uh, frequent as the series goes on. You know know what a whip pan is? Where you're like, okay, the camera will point at one thing, and it'll just like, boom, it'll whip and point at something else. A whip pan. If you took a whip pan and cut out the beginning and the end and you only kept the whooshing part, you know what I mean? That's the Rocky Whoosh. It's just like an editorial flourish where it's, you know, it happens a lot in, uh, I think, Apollo's entrance, I think is where you see it the most here. It's like two or three times. Rocky's okay. coming in. Shout out yeah. Rocky coming, or Apollo coming in. He's, he's, I was hoping he wouldn't show up. Yeah, there you go. We talked about how there's always a quip as the opponent enters, and there's this one. So hoping he wasn't show. And then there's, he also says, like, he's talking about his robe and how much. It's well, there's that. No, but uh, Apollo, uh, Rocky says something about, like, Oh, no, Mickey says, don't let it bother you, what he said. He's like, wouldn't it bother you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, no, okay, so Apollo's coming to the ring, shot of Apollo, and then just cut to almost like an abstract whooshing. It's just the camera passing across the crowd, and it's moving so fast you can't even see anything. Yeah, it's just no, a I'd... blur of Now that you're color. describing it, yep. And then cut to Rocky. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't just cut straight from Apollo to Rocky. There's an in-between cut of a whoosh. Yep. Right? Just like this abstract shot of the camera whooshing past the crowd. And it's not like the camera went, okay, I'm looking at Apollo. 
Now turn the camera real fast. Now I'm looking at, at Rocky. It's not all one shot. It's static shot of, Ro- of Apollo. Cut. Whooshing shot. Cut. Shot of Rocky. And it's a thing that I'd never seen any other movie do. And it, the, the first movie doesn't do it. Rocky 1 doesn't do it. So keep an eye out for it. It's, it's yeah. a thing that I, I actually like. And it's, it's effective. It just like brings energy and it's just interesting and unique, and it's just a thing that I've never seen any other director do that. I hadn't noticed it, but I won't disagree with you on that one. I think that's a good observation. It is unique. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can't even give this I'm movie... I'm not bad-mouthing it! The way you said unique, as if you, uh, it's... I, I don't like the movie, but I, I think that that is fine. <laughs> Irreconcilable differences in this <laughs> podcast. I disagree. I can't believe. It. I mean, I, I I knew you weren't going to like this movie as much as me because I I know my my appreciation for this movie is irrational. But there's a lot to like. I <sighs> wish you would just you know. I've acknowledged some of the things I like. I don't think you're going to find many people that would jump on board with your defense of this movie. All right. Well, let me find some more things that I like. Well, uh, here's the thing. I like the fact that uh, Stallone, as they're walking home, he's wearing his. I mean, it's the '70s, so that's why he's wearing his collar outside of the suit. He's got the thing with the collars on top. You know. Mm. I think this is a deliberate uh, reference to when Rocky won Best Picture and the producers dragged Stallone on stage when he wasn't prepared and wasn't, didn't expect to be pulled on stage. Because usually when Best Picture, only the producers go up. Yeah. And they dragged Stallone up there like, You're, you I should come up it. too. Yeah. And I think it was like, the, you know, it's Best Picture. So it's the last one. And Stallone took off, had taken off his tie and his collar was all open. And he was like buttoned, like two or three buttons down unbuttoned. <laughs> and he looked like a slob. <laughs> and it was like... A thing of just like, well, Stallone looked awful, and why, why didn't he? Like, I think people were saying like it was disrespectful of the Academy back in the seventies. Like, it was kind of like a minor scandal of just like, why didn't Stallone dress yeah, he up? He doesn't have the etiquette or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So, and and what he looks like when they're walking home, he, he looks exactly the same to the point where I think it might be like a little inside joke. Of that just, is pretty he's, funny. He's Rocky is equally slothful and <laughs> and just as much of a slob. Not that Stallone was a slob, you know. That's how it was. It was perceived though, anyway. Uh, okay, I love Apollo's house. We already kind of talked about this, but I do have my details about why I love Apollo's house. Floor to ceiling wood paneling. Awesome. <laughs> That's so 70s. Wood panel floor, wood panel walls, wood panel ceiling. So good. I miss that. So great. I just had that it was, uh, yeah, it's steel. No, that unit is not made of steel. You don't know. Why not? No. That, that's not what I can almost guarantee you that that a brick facade is not going to be made of steel. Well, maybe that maybe they stuck a piece of steel there so that they could say it's reinforced. That steel. real realtor was just making stuff up. Seemed like a nice place. I mean, you know, maybe the guy was putting a little bit of sales pitch on, but yeah, the place I, they end up uh, buying seemed like it was, you know, it was fine. It was nice. No, it was nice, but there's not steel in there. When he beat that thing and said it was solid, it seemed solid. Like whether or not there's steel in there is you could do that anywhere. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> the thing didn't collapse, so it's fine. You know, upstairs it's probably fine. Yeah, the, the, the Apollo place has got track lighting. It's got like can lights. I just everything. I, I I really want the late seventies to come back in style. Okay, here's the thing that I just find strange is that a, a Rocky wears a red headband through a lot of this movie. I miss that. Um, Someone is training. I think there's even when he's playing stickball. Um, oh yeah, that stickball game. Why? That's just a little slice of life. He's playing stickball with the neighborhood kids. That's nice. It's like he shows that he's friendly. He's he's becoming a part of the neighborhood. He's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. There's a there's a line in that mo- movie or in that movie in that scene that pops into my head a lot. In particular, when some mundane good thing happens to me, uh, Rocky says, "Now I know the day ain't wasted," or something like that. Now I know the day ain't been wasted because Rocky is a home run. 
And he goes, now I know the day ain't been wasted. So at, for whatever reason, whenever I get like a dumb thing, like a coupon or something, here's a free coupon. Hey, now I know the day ain't been wasted. That's one of those movie lines that pops into my head in situations like that. So All right. I like the stick ball. You know, he hits a home run. He's rocky. He's, you know, the kid is shaking his ass at him. Like, you know, why do you like this movie? It's charming. Why is that not good? It's just a 10-second scene of Rocky playing stickball with the neighborhood kids. I find it charming that he's, you know... Remember okay. when you were a kid, if, if like a, a semi-famous person who lived in the neighborhood would play baseball? We didn't play stickball because we didn't live in the, you know... We had parks. It's, it's one of those things where it's, like, too bad. Kids who live in this kind of neighborhood have to play baseball on the street or stickball. I guess yeah. there's a difference. Yeah, but imagine if there was, like, a neighborhood celebrity who stopped and would play softball with us. It would be amazing. It would be so cool. I, I, I think that speaks so much to Rocky's character. It makes him, you know, it, I think it makes Rocky very relatable. I, I think he's relatable. Okay, well, you're, you're, you're dumping on this stickball thing. It's a 10-second moment. You're right. It's just another 10 seconds of filler this because is why they're I'm remaking sick. the first no, movie. No, this is why I'm frustrated with this episode because you're just going out of your way to dump on everything, whether it's justified or not. It is, most of this is justified. This is just, you feel like you need to. This is just, you know, this is opinion creep. You think that my opinion is irrational on the one side, and so you've got to move to the other side to, to keep you this can, podcast fair and balanced. You know, you're just doing, you're just, uh, you know. Think what you want. This movie doesn't need to exist, and I won't ever stop reiterating. It's not a question of need. We've been over this. I, I like it. it. I like that it exists. <laughs> Nothing needs to exist. The universe doesn't need to exist. If the Big Bang didn't happen, nothing would exist. <laughs> Don't send me back into an existential crisis like I did during Ratchet and Clank. This is a good movie. We're here to talk about a good movie. Think of the option. Think of all the alternatives. Ratchet and Clank is worse than this. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Thank you for conceding that. You've met me halfway. I can tell you, move the goalposts so that <laughs> the, the halfway is can now I, farther along. Can than I tell you before. this right now? I would much rather watch Over the Top than this. Not even close. That's crazy. No, it's not. not it's not even close. There's fun stuff. This, no. There's, there's nothing as fun in Over the Top as Rocky chasing a chicken around. Both of those, you, we never got to Rocky running up the steps with the kids, so you said you wanted to talk about that later. Uh, you have a question about it? Yes, that's in my, my questions. Okay, let me, let me go through... This is actually getting confrontational, like not even like, not even like play. This is like for real. Not really. Well, on my side, I'm getting a little frustrated. Okay, the last couple of observations, little details, and then we'll get on, move on to questions. Rocky and Adrian's towels say "Holiday Inn" on them. I love it. Oh, I miss that. So, That's an awesome. So catch. perfect. <laughs> so good that is awesome i'll move it up just a notch now with that little detail it's when he's i'd uh, still rather watch over the top but i'm gonna move it up a little bit with that well it's you see the the towels when he's washing butt kiss in the tub and so i'm gonna move on to my rocky pet watch which i'm gonna make sure i do in every rocky episode rocky pet watch all of his pets are still around butt kiss the very large dog which uh, this will be the last appearance of Butkus the dog, oh, unfortunately. That's sad. Yeah, he was a pretty old dog at this point, so gotcha. and it was Stallone's real dog, as we talked about on Rocky. Um, I learned after we recorded Rocky One, I learned that he was indeed named after Dick Butkus. Oh wow! So makes sense. I mean, it, right? I mean, why, why else would you name a dog Butkus? I guess. Yeah. Um, where else would that name come from? But I, I just wanted to say that so that I can claim Butkus the dog as a Chicago icon. Rocky may be a Philadelphia icon, but <laughs> I claim Butkus the dog for Chicago. Fair enough. I'm going to lobby the city of Chicago to build a statue for <laughs> Butkus the dog, like like uh, the Rocky statue. You know, put it at the Field Museum or what, something. Would couldn't it also be a Urbana Champagne icon as well? I guess, but 
I, I, I don't have any affection for Illinois football. That's they stunk when I went there. So they still do. I, I don't care about Illinois football. I do care about the Chicago Bears. Right. I want my Butkus statue. Put it next to the bean. Fair enough. Have it pee on the bean. That's what I want. <laughs> Stupid bean. <laughs> um, okay, then Cuff and Link are both around. They're on the top of the TV. One of them's almost drowning. That's right. You're drowning down there. Um, that seems I lived also. He's just reacting to the turtle. Doing something. <laughs> yeah, doing something. Uh, you can't really see them, but they're still there. One of them gets a close-up. Uh, and then Moby Dick, the goldfish, is seen in the background. It's up on the uh, the mantle above the fireplace. So very Good catch. Per- I missed that. Very precariously placed, I might add. A very thin mantelpiece for the very, for relatively large fishbowl. So uh, I believe this is the last time we see go- uh, Moby Dick, the goldfish. So maybe it fell off the mantle. That's probably what happened. Shoddy workmanship. Not sure, but uh, I, I think this is the last time we see that fish. But I could be wrong. Rocky three, and that's probably the movie, the Rocky movie I've seen the least, other than Rocky five. Uh, okay, last few little details. First appearance by Leroy Neiman, who is worth looking out for. I didn't, I wouldn't know who he was if not for the Rocky series, but he was a he was a painter who uh, painted a lot of sports uh, paintings. He was kind of big in the fifties and sixties. He did like. You know, occasionally did like a Sports Illustrated cover, stuff like that. Gotcha. He's in the scene where Apollo's training. Oh, and he's, oh, I know the scene because I've got a question about that scene. Okay. He, he's the guy with the preposterous mustache. And so it's worth looking out for a man with a ridiculous mustache. He will be in, I think, every movie from this point forward except Creed. Really? Yeah, he's definitely in everything through Rocky Balboa. He is, he is a recurring figure, so I needed to bring him up to say All right. we need to keep looking out for him. That's fair. Uh, he seems like he's playing himself in this movie because he's painting Apollo as he trains as Apollo trains. Yeah. Starting in Rocky Three, I think he plays a character who's not himself, which means in this world there are two guys with that crazy mustache <laughs> out there, both played by Leroy Neiman. So uh, anyway, I, I, like, I, I like that idea. It's probably the same character. And then, uh, do you have any comment about that? I have one last. Uh, no, detail. I I have a question, so I'll just save it because I a lot of my questions have already been covered. Okay. Well, my, my last detail. When uh, both Rocky and uh, Mickey are watching the Brett Musburger interview, Rocky goes upstairs, Adrian follows, uh, after we see Mickey throw his crackers at the TV. They have a scene, and I timed it. Their scene in the bedroom where they're talking about whether or not Rocky's going to fight again lasts 98 seconds, and then the doorbell rings. (laughs) Presumably this is all in real time. (laughs) Mickey got from his bed to their front door in 98 seconds. At his age, it would take him 98 seconds to put on his socks. (laughs) Right? I'm I'm not wrong. That's supposed to be in real time, right? I think it's supposed to be in real time. What you're forgetting is speed. That's right. He's been doing his own speed. He could catch any chicken in the world. He could catch an F-16. Apparently so. (laughs) Mickey breaks the sound barrier. He's the perfect person to be uh, training him uh, to... Uh, that is an ex- like the Holiday Inn. That is an ex- uh, Holiday Inn towels. That is an excellent catch that I did not notice, but right. that's an excellent catch. We've got to move on. I got a million things I want to talk about. I love them going over the training film, and Mickey wants him to train right-handed. Uh, they got shut out outlaw southpaws. Why didn't you tell me this before? I didn't want to hurt your feelings. <laughs> There's a million little. This is the problem. This this podcast is set up 
to, to play into your hands because talking about the movie in the big picture makes this movie seem bad. Talking about little details is, makes it seem good and I've run out of time to talk about little details because we spent so much time arguing about the big picture because it, you've just like... Hey, wait a minute. I'm, I you've am rope, gonna, you've a rope-a-doped me no, into this making garbage. this movie I, seem I am bad. actually going to get into confrontational mode now because I've been the one on the plot summary who's pushed for outrageously short sections for the plot summary. That's true. So don't throw that back in my face. <laughs> I've tried to do it in like a two-sentence plot summary and you wanted to expand it out. Yeah, but most of, the, most of that segment was us arguing and not well, talking about the plot. I but, disagree. Let's move on to questions. <laughs> It's going to be the last episode. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. <laughs> and I want to have them answered immediately. The, um, there are worse Rocky movies than this, and this is how you're reacting to this Rocky 2. We're really in trouble. Uh, I'm going to defend the bad ones, too. But when we get to Rocky You are 5, defending a bad one because this is a bad no, one. this is not considered a bad. I'm saying the, the ones that are considered bad. You're going to defend Rocky 5? I am going to defend Rocky 5. Oh, God. That's the thing. If, if this is what's happening in Rocky 2, we're not going to make it to Rocky 5. It's been a long time on Rocky Five, but I remember hating that movie. I'm sure you're going to hate it if you don't like Rocky Two. It's worse than Rocky Two. I mean, I like both movies. Rocky <sighs> Five's worse than Rocky Two, so if you don't like Rocky Two, yeah, because you know what? That's probably going to get a Tommy Gun rating for uh, Rocky Five, and this guy. No, you can't just Rocky. give the rating just because he's in the movie. I'm just. <laughs> it gets a Tommy Gun because the, the opponent is Tommy Gun in the movie. That's not how it works. No, because. My rating on this movie is not who's in this okay, movie because well, Apollo Creed is in this movie, and I'm not giving it an Apollo Creed. Oh, I mean that is how it works. No, it's not. <laughs> you have to works. give this movie an Apollo Creed. I am not going to give. We're it not an there Apollo yet. Creed. We're in questions. What are your questions? Uh, so yeah, this is the Devil's Advocate, the section, uh, the segment where we try and ask each other rhetorical or unrhetorical questions and answer them. <laughs> uh, I don't know if many of these questions are going to get answered this episode. Uh, I will try if you try. Uh, okay, so the first one I want to cover is, you know, we're going to lead off with what you had just talked about. Why in the world does Apollo Creed need an artist's rendering of him training? Why not? No, that's you champ. can't answer me with a question with a question. That kind of thing happened all the time. He's, that was Leroy Neiman's real job as he painted... I can't believe that's a job. Apollo is a wealthy man. He, he's the heavyweight champ. He's got millions of dollars. He commissioned this guy to paint him as he trained so that he would have this painting. It was a, a commission. It wasn't uh, one painting. He was doing a bunch of different paintings. Sure, he's documenting the training. Rather than having like a camera in there, he's like, hey, why don't you come and paint? Why, this is... You just said that art doesn't need to exist, and now you're making your case. You're showing that uh, you don't want art in the world. His paintings are cool. They're gonna not only is Leroy Neiman gonna show up a lot in the series, but his paintings show up a lot too, and they're great. They're very colorful and very vibrant, and I I really like his art. Okay, it's really well, good. You answered my question. Thank you. <laughs> but why not is a valid answer. If if Apollo wants to have a painting to document his training, and he wants to hire Leroy Neiman to do it, why not? You're he, right. He was a well-known at the time. No, I mean, I don't think he, no one, anyone knows who he is anymore. Like I said, I wouldn't know who he was if not for the Rocky series. But at the time, he was a relatively well-known painter, and he was known for painting sports figures. This is exactly what that guy was known for. And I'm sure Stallone and him probably met and struck up a friendship, and he's like, oh, why don't you be in Rocky? I'll let you play yourself, and you can paint Apollo Creed as he trains. It'd be a nice little detail for people who knew who he was. All he's right. got that mustache. There's only one man in the world with that mustache. He's immediately identifiable. It is an identifiable mustache. <laughs> and he never. I, I, may, I forget if he still has the mustache in Rocky Balboa, but sir, definitely through five, he retains that mustache. All right. It's his iconic mustache. Okay. <laughs> okay. I have questions. My questions I'm going to start with are about those commercials that he's shooting. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> okay. Define bad. It, what, did you not find it funny? 
No, I didn't find it funny at all. The makeup was just incredibly dumb looking. I, this is supposed, that, that's part of the comedy. It's supposed what, to but look why? Dumb. I mean, they're going to badmouth him because he can't act and read the cards, but they have an outrageously terrible production value. So which <laughs> well, is it? It's a, it's a 70s commercial. Yeah, it's 70s TV technology. It's, it's going to look like trash. I guess. I'm sure that terrible makeup, you wouldn't even notice on a 70s television where it's like... It's not high definition. You're not going to be able to tell that it's a terrible appliance on his face. You could tell it was terrible on the movie, which was a little bit better film quality, but not much better than film or than TV. It's 35 millimeter film. It's it's a high definition Blu-ray. I just have a high definition Blu-ray and I could tell it was terrible. You've watched the Blu-ray. Well, this one, but I've seen it before and you could tell it was terrible. But I'm saying (laughs) the point is that it's terrible. That's what's funny. I think that when they go to the... We haven't even gotten to my question yet, but when they get to the ring set and he's wearing that ridiculous... That's what I'm talking about. It's awful. No, I think it's... I, first of all, I think it's an inside joke making fun of, fun of the makeup from the first movie because a lot of people said that makeup looked bad. Oh. And I think it's a joke making fun of, look, no, this is bad makeup. Look at this. But yeah, it's he's filming a television commercial being filmed in Philadelphia. It can't be a high... It's not like if they flew him out to L.A. He went around the block and he's shooting some terrible beast aftershave. It's not even like a brand name. I guess my problem is that director shouldn't be think that he's Martin Scorsese. No, we're not Rocky supposed to thing. like that guy. We're not supposed to like the director. I know we're not supposed he's to like He's a blowhard. Him. You're criticizing the movie for doing a thing that it's trying to do. It's succeeding in portraying this director as a blowhard and you're saying that it's succeeding in that but the comedy is not succeeding with me i didn't think it was funny at all i mean i don't like how dumb they're portraying rocky but i also think it's funny again it's the angel devil it's like i wish they hadn't portrayed him as so dumb but also it makes you smeal mainly i laugh at that it's 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 stupid all right well okay well here's my actual i derailed it so what's the question what is the premise of that commercial where he's in a cage because the lines are, when I get up in the morning, it makes me smeal mainly. And then later he says, when I go out in the night in the town with the guys for a rendezvous. He's a man, he's a caveman in a cage, having been caught by two beautiful explorers in pith helmets. How is he going out in the town? What's the premise of the commercial? Why is a caveman going out for a rendezvous? Is my question. <laughs> what are they claiming is the premise of the commercial? All right. Well, I think that it was the precursor to the unfrozen caveman lawyer and that he's actually really a sophisticated lawyer. <laughs> okay, I like that. <laughs> and that you'd see the transformation, but he couldn't get through the initial title card to be able to get to the unfrozen caveman lawyer. They wheel him into the court in that cage like Hannibal Lecter <laughs> yes. and they release him. Yeah. <laughs> and then he that that's my answer. Except on he's that. not he, He's unfrozen caveman party guy because he, he's wearing beast aftershave going yeah, out so maybe for a rendezvous. So maybe, yeah, it's more like the Night at the Roxbury guys where you'd see him like dancing in like a club in like a suit or something. Sylvester Stallone did a Night at the Roxbury sketch on Saturday Night Live. We'll watch that eventually. Oh. <laughs> did he really? Yeah, we'll get there. Oh, man. We're going to do that. I, uh, we never talked about uh, it. It's been on my back pocket. Okay. Yeah, when he posted Saturday Night Live, it's one of the sketches he did. So, All right. Very so I think I've answered your question, right? Is, was that fair? I actually very, I like that answer. Okay. The character he's playing in the commercial is an unfrozen caveman yes. who was found by beautiful buxom explorers <laughs> somewhere in the jungle, brought to civilization, and then turned into a party animal. It's basically Encino Man. That's you're right. It is. It's Encino. <laughs> it's Encino Man. <laughs> All right. So I've got, I watched that movie. I, I've got another question. Okay. So the the kids running through the streets, which is just incredibly stupid. I mean, massively stupid. Okay, I'll let you ask your question, but I want to know the, my teeth. the first kids that say "Hey, rock!" and start running. Mm-hmm. How long? How many miles were those kids running 
first of all. And then, are their parents concerned in the least at how long that they were gone? No, it's the 70s. This is how it was in the 70s. I, I knew kid, my parents were a little more strict, but I, knew, I had friends when we were kids who, okay, oh. as long as the sun's up, go do whatever you want. All right, third and final. Come home before dinner. Well, one, so how long do you, th- you think those kids, how long, how long of a run do you think it was that Rock was out for? Oh, miles. Miles. So, the, yeah. so those kids have managed to run for miles. You're saying their parents don't care because it's the 70s. I'll buy that. Yeah. I want to know, you're telling me that the police, when a parade of children following Rocky Balboa has basically taken over a street, mm-hmm. the police are doing nothing. What could they do? They, they can't control that big of a crowd. By the, time, by the time the kids have passed by, they don't know where the crowd's going. It's not like it's a plan. Yes, they do. They know where he's going. No, I mean, we know where he's going because we've seen the first movie. But no one was there the first time he ran up those steps. No, in the world of Rocky, they don't know that these you're, steps are, right. are notable. Nobody was there, and that's why that scene worked. This scene is stupid. Oh, I think it's great. I love the fact that these kids are cheering him on. He's a hero God. to them. He's a local celebrity. He's a local hero. Of course kids would love Rocky Balboa. He's, he's the underdog. Philadelphia kids would, would idolize Rocky Balboa. You know they would. You're right. They would. But this is nonsensical. Why? They're not running for miles with him. Kids would get bored after like three blocks. I'm not running with him anymore. If, if Michael Jordan ran down the streets when you were 10 years old and he said, come on, run with us. We're gonna, I'm going for a run. Run with me. I would run until I died. Those never. initial kids would have died. They're not going to be running for miles with Rocky Balboa. They're kids. They're resilient. They would have been fine. What? <laughs> oh, come on. One kid has a broken kids arm. Kids can barely make it through Disneyland. There's <laughs> no way they're running for miles. And then it's Rock, like an hour run. Then Rock goes and shows the one kid. Yeah, go faster. He just takes off. And I just love bo- that kid in the, in the red vest. That, I, that gives me chills. He, Rocky starts booking. And there's one kid who's obviously not planned. This one kid's like, I'm going to keep up with Stallone. That's not scripted. That kid in the red vest is like, I'm going to keep up with him. Watch. I'm going to keep, and he can't do it. But I think it's, it, they just put it over on VO. I don't think that kid's actually screaming. I think after the fact, they went like, we should have that kid scream, go, go, go. I love that one. Go, go, go. I want to go for a five-mile run immediately after that. I think it's the top, and they're all cheering. Those kids are having a blast. In, in real life, filming that movie, well, it looks I'm like sure they're having a blast. In real life, they probably are, because they're filming in a movie. And in reality, they're having a blast. They're getting to hang out with Rocky Balboa, hero of Philadelphia. Everyone loves him. He's, he's, he shook the champion of the world. Why is this bad? Why is it? I mean, it's, it's, I, I can see where you could say it's corny, but it, it works. It totally works. It doesn't work for me. It worked in the first movie. It was an accomplishment. It was showing the end of the progression. You can't just do the same thing again. You're, it you're, is you're criticizing the same it. thing. You're criticizing it. it. Is. No, That's it's, it's upping the ante. How does it up the ante? He has a bunch of kids. Yeah. That's like, no. And he jumps in park benches. That's also up the ante. Open the ante. Whoop. Hold on. I can't hear myself. I'm so angry. I'm kicking <laughs> wires out. You didn't get the experience that I got where everything went quiet. <laughs> okay, there we I, go. I kicked my headphones out for the listener because I was so vociferous in my defense yeah that's how much i that's how strongly i of feel. an unoriginal scene that was way better in the first movie i know i i i'm telling you i feel very little watching the first movie it does not make me feel the same emotions that it's this just one a does copy there's no originality to it but it's done better the music is better the kids screaming go 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 the music may be better i i I don't know on that. I think so. I mean, it's, it's the same. It's, it's the classic Rocky theme. It's a repeat, and now it's got kids. Just like it's got kids it's, singing Gonna Fly Now. Gonna Fly Now. Instead of you know, I, professional I, I, singers, it's like a chorus of kids singing it. 
Yeah, and just like I opened this up, that this is the same movie, but Rocky wins. No, I, I think what we were talking about just a minute ago is exactly why it makes me feel emotional, is because it captures what sports figures are in real life. The power that sports figures have in the real world are as you know, heroes for children. I think a lot of adults can get a little too worked up about sports and, you know, and something wrong with following sports, but adults don't look at sports figures the same way that kids do. Because, you know, by the time you're adults, they're your contemporaries. Like, oh, that guy's younger than me. You know, look at that yeah. young punk or whatever. I, you know, most adults are like, ah, this punk's making too much money. You know what I mean? <laughs> to kids, they're heroes. And that scene captures that. It genuinely does. It, I'm seeing, being able to see Rocky through the eyes of those children who are so excited. It makes me excited. I'm, I have no issue with the concept of seeing Rocky, the hero, through the eyes of the children of Philadelphia. I have an issue with repeating the same scene. It doesn't do anything for me. I have it's no an issue. iconic thing, though. The steps are iconic. It was, it was kind of iconic thing. because it was Rocky's accomplishment and the culmination of his training that he couldn't make it up. The, he couldn't make it up the stairs. Right. At the end, he can. There's a, a person. This, this is me believing he's actually got a chance to get the, against this guy because he's accomplished himself. All they did was repeat that and add the kids. If you want to have this and see Rocky as a hero to these kids... Do it some other way. There's no reason to have him go up the stairs. Maybe you could play stickball. Oh, okay. Then fine. Have them <laughs> idolize him. That. I, no, I, I'll buy that over this. It's just we need to work in the steps because it was a big thing in the last one. How can we? How, what else can we do? Uh, we'll have the kids of Philadelphia take over a street with him. Eh. To a degree, I think later Rocky movies redeem some of the flaws of this movie, and I think this is one of them where uh, this is a mild spoiler for a later Rocky movie, but I, I know you've seen it, and yeah. I, I don't know. like. I won't say which movie it is. These, but these movies are old enough that people well, should have seen them. I mean, not Creed, but... Uh, Fair enough. Uh, at some point, Rocky says the top of those steps are his favorite place. And it just seems like in the world of this movie, this is just his tradition where... Because he did... It's just, you know, athletes have routines and they have repetitions and they like routine. And it's like, this is a thing. This is the way that I end my training regimen is running up these steps. A, because it's his favorite place. And B, because it's something that he'd done in the past. And this is just his routine now. He probably just lives nearby. And it's, it's a prominent place. There's a lot of steps. It's a good workout. I, I understand that. It's a place nearby where he lives where That's, he can get a good workout running up the steps. Of course he would do it. And I'm maybe telling, when he's running on his way and some kids attach themselves, like, there's nothing wrong with this. It's a repeat of something that was effective in the first movie for me. It doesn't work in this one for me, but it works for you. It doesn't feel repetitive to me. It feels very different. Tonally, just, I, like I said, I, I feel... I have a very different reaction watching the Rocky II version than the original. It doesn't feel like it's the same. I had a different reaction, too. It wasn't a good one. Okay. So it's either it's the same or it's not. It I, is the same. That's what my point is. It's so rational to me. This was about money. I know you like it, but it was about money. That's the reason why there isn't a lot of originality in this movie. I don't disagree. Well, then why? I just don't get the defense of it. It's fine. It's not all or nothing. It's, it's pretty close, at least for me. It's that for you, everything's all or nothing, though. This is like, this is a thing that we've been through in the past. It's like one, one, and three. They make sense. This does. This movie does not make sense. You, you've said before we did any of the Rockies that Rocky Two is the one that doesn't have an identity. It doesn't have an identity because it is Rocky One, except for Rocky wins. Yeah, I agree with all of this. <laughs> okay, this movie has a lot of flaws, <laughs> but it also it's, just just saying here are all the flaws. It's like okay, I can't argue because I agree that those flaws all exist. But there are so many good things that equally offset. I can understand disliking this movie. I totally get it. I, and I'm not saying that your opinion is wrong because obviously there are a lot of flaws in this movie. And if you're 
if the flaws are bothering you more than the good parts are, you're getting appreciation from the good parts, then you're not going to like the movie. And that's fine. But you're, I feel like you're not even acknowledging that the, there are good things about this movie. There are so many great moments. Just saying, saying the, that there's nothing redeeming about doing the steps again, I, I just, I can't, I can't understand that because it works so well for me. Yeah, it's the same thing over again. I, it's the same thing done better. I, that's where we disagree. I don't think it was done better. The kids don't make it better for me. So I'm not saying it's because of the kids. I'm not saying Rocky plus kids equals better. It's like, you know, I think it's, it's the way it uses the music and the editing. The, only, the one thing in that uh, training montage that I find odd and I don't like is the weird thing with the log. <laughs> He's just like waddling around with a log on his shoulders. I didn't know where he got that log, but <laughs> that's, that's weird. I don't <laughs> think they're just logs laying around Philadelphia, but I let it go. Shot down a, a telephone Well, maybe pole. that's what he did. Actually, maybe he created the log himself. That's the only rational explanation. I didn't have it on my list of questions. But, but. I just think the, the direction and editing and music of both of these training sequences but yeah, I think it's just better done. The d- right. directing and the editing and the music and everything. All right. That's all there is to it. What, what other questions you got? A lot of mine we've already covered. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I forgot that's the segment we were in. Uh, okay. Here's a question. Rocky brings a big like ham hock or something home from work. I don't know exactly what it was. Some oh, big hunk of meat. Meat, yeah. Is this a perk at that job or did he just steal this? I'm going to go with that it's a perk on the job. That there's okay. a certain amount of, I, I'm not going to say excess, but... I'm going to guess that that's part of your compensation that you, you get to bring, bring like, some food home with you. It's like the meat pile at the end of the day. Yeah. Like everyone grabs some meat. No, that, that one. <laughs> Help I, yourself I, to this tripe. I think, it would, I think it would be out of character for Rocky to, to steal. Yeah, I agree. And, and I do think in, in, a, in a job like that, I think you'd probably have it. Because food, you know, there's a lot of spoil and waste. So it's like, hey, this is going to go to waste. So why don't, you, why don't you take some of this back with you? Okay, I agree. I just yeah. wanted to ask the question. No, that's fair. You're just so checked out now. No, I'm not checked out. I honestly, like a lot of these on here, I've got, uh, I'm not going to ask my first one because we'll just get into the same argument again. No, do it. I, <laughs> At this point, this is what the episode is. No, well, my first question is Let's why. Let's go all 15 rounds, you know? No, we'll, <laughs> go the we'll, distance. We'll, we'll both collapse at the end of this podcast and no, then there'll be a 10 count and we, one of us will get up. We literally have discussed it ad nauseum. Oh, okay. My first question is why is this movie necessary? Okay, so, yes. I, yeah, we've, we've discussed that ad nauseum. Yeah. All right, I got one last one. Uh, we've kind of discussed it, but maybe you can still answer for me. So, Paulie's down collecting on the docks from, uh, from the forklift forklift. Yeah. Where did he get the snow cone? Because he doesn't have a car to get there. Is it like Hercules in New York where there's like a, a pretzel guy, but there's a snow cone guy? I, I was just about to say the word pretzel. Yes. <laughs> I, there's a pretzel-esque. He's there with a snow cone maker. Coney. You know, he's the snow cone guy. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Paulie! I got you a snow cone. I know how much you love it. Hike. You know what? That's really sad if you think about it because Rocky's going to buy Paulie a snow cone maker and he's going to put Coney out of business. Poor Coney. <laughs> think about it. Coney's I'm going to go broke. He's my best customer. Hike. I need help. I, that might be the same accent that uh, Mickey, Mickey does. Yeah, 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 it actually it's, it's is. a similar thing. I think, I think over the course of these... Rocky movies, if only to give us some common ground to agree on. I think we should follow the career of Coney. Speculate, what's Coney doing? What's he up to <laughs> Clubber Lang? Our, our imaginary fictional character who sells snow cones by the dock. Fair I enough. always assumed it's some off-screen snow cone guy. Uh, honestly, all the rest of my questions we've answered in the other segments. Okay, I have one last question. Okay. So let's talk about the timing between Rocky 1 and Rocky 2. The fight from the first movie was January 1st, 1976. Yep. The second fight, Super Fight 2... Thanksgiving, right? Thanksgiving, yeah. which I looked up, was November 25th, 1976. 
So it's almost 11 months. In that span of time, Rocky has surgery on his face. He recovers from surgery. He gets out and, si- and does a couple of... Failed, he does right. a commercial and t- t- tries a couple of jobs. Proposes to Adrian, they get married. She gets pregnant, gives birth to a son, which pres- uh, granted is one month premature, but still. And then it's implied that Rocky go- goes back and trains for at least another month. So it's an incredibly busy year for very Rocky Balboa. Almost implausibly busy to the point where my... This is my question. Okay. Is Rocky Jr. conceived out of wedlock? <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say is Rocky Jr. Was he like conceived before they got married or something? That's what I'm saying. Out of wedlock. Is, was he no, conceived? No, no, I'm not before. But somebody other than Rocky. Oh, he's not the father? Yeah. No. Oh, boy, no. <laughs> that would be... A, I mean, I guess they, their first date is on Thanksgiving. This fight's on their anniversary of their first date. Never occurred to me. Did not to me either. They go on their first date on Thanksgiving. Well, it's probably not the same day. Not the same date, but it's the fourth Thursday. Basically, right around the same time. Basically, right? yeah. And she's spending her time at home because the doctor says no. Doctor says no. They keep re- reiterating. Sorry, you can't come to the fight, Adrian. You need to explain this twice. <laughs> explain it twice. Just like hammer it home. Sorry, you need to stay at home with your abusive brother and watch a fight with your husband. Yeah, that's that's weird. There's some weird stuff in this movie. I, this is another flaw of like. There's a lot of like, weird gender stuff in this movie that yeah. doesn't hold up in terms of, like, he's going to the fight, and he's like, Paul, you're in charge. It's like, this isn't his house. <laughs> why, is he's right? the man. why is he in charge? Because he's the man. It's the 70s, and he's the man, so you're in charge, Paul. You take care of the kid. I wouldn't trust Paul with my kid. <laughs> I wouldn't trust Paul with that snow cone. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely not. I mean, this is Paulie at his nicest, which is still pretty bad. If my sister talks back to you, knock her teeth in. Like, yeah, you know, Paulie's terrible. He's pretty bad. I mean, I, he, even at his most likable, he still has a line like that. Or it's like, I mean, this is kind of the peak of Paulie's life. He's got a good job. He's he's working for the mob. He's, he's got a good job. Well, by the standards of this world, he's doing well. He's wearing a nice suit. He's lost weight. He's you know. got a Trans Am. He's a big man. People were afraid of him down on the docks. He's you know he's magnanimous. I'll buy your car. I'll help you out, Rocky. Like he's this is this is him at his. <laughs> He is at the top while Rocky's hitting bottom. You know what I mean? He's like, got a snow cone machine in his future. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if he ever got that snow cone machine. I mean, Rocky, in the next couple movies, will have plenty of money to spend. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess if Rocky can buy that robot, then he can buy a snow cone Yes, maker. you're right. Rocket, robots definitely cost more than a snow cone maker. Maybe the robot has a snow cone maker building. I like that idea that it makes its own snow cones. And it probably does all sorts of things based on what, uh, how Polly reprograms it. We'll get there in a couple of movies. <laughs> I forgot about that. I don't know. Well, we're going to have that conversation in Rocky Four. That's going to be in questions. I guarantee you, let's not jump the gun, but when we get to Devil's Advocate section in Rocky Four, that's the question. Is Rocky sleeping with this, or is Paulie sleeping with his robot? Boy, Rocky. <laughs> Two-time Adrian with the robot. <laughs> that's going to be a question. Is Paulie sleeping with that robot? We'll discuss that on the Rocky Four episode. <laughs> Leave it at that. Uh, okay, we're done with questions. So let's move on to Silk Cozart. Yes. Both of y'all. Yes, y'all. The Silk Cozart Internet Research Memorial Rabbit Hole. Yes, which is the segment where I tend to look up relatively tangential internet trivia, just some, something that I wanted to look up based on watching the movie. Something, usually the movie sparks my interest about something. This is always interesting for me, so I'm, I'm glad uh, glad to hear what you've got for Rocky well, too. I'm going to take advantage of this because this is a segment where I get to talk a lot and you, you don't have much to say, so I'm just going to use this. This, is going to, this time it's not the internet research rabbit hole. It's the Silk Cozart Soapbox. Corner okay. where I get up on my soapbox and tell you why Rocky Two was good. 
Well, I want to talk about sequels again. We talked about sequels. When, when we did Rocky, I looked up, here are all the best picture winners that had sequels or were a sequel. Yeah. And uh, you're, I think, probably going to disagree with me on this, but I think the Rocky series, because of when the sequels were made, I think got unfairly maligned. Because like in the 70s, like sequels weren't really a thing for a while. Like, you know, in the 30s and 40s, there were like movie serials. There were like B-movies, like Flash Gordon, like cheapo movies. Yep. You know, but they didn't really make sequels to like A movies. And then in the 60s, it kind of started to happen. But the 70s is when Hollywood was like, okay, if a movie makes a lot of money, we should make a sequel. But it's still at the time, it was kind of a stigma of just like, oh, you know, as if Rocky becomes worse because they made Rocky it's derivative. Too. Yeah. Well, okay, criticize the sequel all you want, but it, it's not, it shouldn't be a stigma just to make a sequel, saying you shouldn't be making sequels. Like, that's a stigma that's just going away. You're shrugging as if you don't agree. You, Is you, there you, a place for sequels? Sure. I'm not going to disagree with that. Okay, but you're, 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 it sounds like you're saying there is a stigma, or should be a stigma, that, I, that there I'm, shouldn't be sequels. I'm saying that there is a stigma. I'm not saying that there necessarily should be. Okay. <laughs> I'm having a hard time parsing that, so... So there should not be a, a stigma for sequels inherently. No, I, okay. I, not inherently. Are most garbage? Yes. Okay, fine. Yes. Okay, I agree with what you're saying then. <laughs> I have to be careful now because it's like I, I, I don't want to agree your, with something that's going to undermine me. This is your soapbox. Just get up and take the floor. Okay, but I mean, would you agree that back then, in the 70s and into the 80s, there was a stigma of just like... There, I think in some ways, not as much now, but even in the 90s, there, there was a yeah, stigma. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, and I think, to a certain degree, I think the sequels that came out in the 70s kind of took a lot of the heat for the, the stigma of just like, you know, Jaws 2, Rocky 2, um, you know, like French Connection 2, even like the Planet of the Apes sequels, stuff like that. It allowed, once the 80s came along for like, you know, Star Wars and all the Indiana Jones sequels and the Back to the Future trilogy. And just once you got to like the 80s, it was not unusual. It was not kind of, you know, that stigma started to go away. And I think... You know, there were a lot of like shots at the Rocky franchise, like in Spaceballs, Pongo's review of fi- Rocky Five Thousand, Thousand. right? And uh, Airplane Two has a gag in the background where there's like a Rocky Twenty Six poster, and there's like a old, like a ninety year old man wearing boxing gloves. You know, it's just like a lot of people took shots at the Rocky series and Jaws. Also, this is the Jaws joke in Back to the Future Two, right? Yep, it was just right. like how ridiculous that these franchises are going on, on so long, as if. People are taking cracks at Jaws 4 as if, like, four movies? This is ridiculous. Anyway, I was curious about sequels in the 70s versus sequels in the 80s and just kind of grosses and sort of like, okay, how well did sequels do okay. in those two decades? I've got the top 10 highest grossing sequels of the 1970s and the 1980s. Okay. You want to take a crack at any of these or should I just read them? <sighs> are you in the mood to be quizzed? Some of these you're not going to get. If you get, the t- if you get half of the top 10 sequels in the 70s, I'd be very impressed. Nah, I, I'm going to let you read them because I don't think I'd be able to come up with very many. I'm going to get at least one, if not two, of the Dirty Harrys have to be in there. At least one, you're correct. Okay. So, top of the list is Jaws 2, 1978. $103 million. This is all domestic. It's all I had. That's fine. As you said, yeah. it's hard to find. Yep. Number two, The Trial of Billy Jack, $89 million. Don't even know that. No, I, they're westerns. I think that's the oh. third in a series. I don't okay. Know. Uh, Rocky II was third, uh, 85 million. Then Moonraker, the most successful Bond movie until Skyfall, I believe. Really? Yeah. Never would have guessed that. $70 million. Godfather II, Airport 1975, The Spy Who Loved Me, The Enforcer, which is the third Dirty Harry movie. Okay. And also the worst, I think. I don't know how that's in the top 10 sequels of the 70s when, honestly, I'd I'd take Magnum Force over that. Uh, The other two. I don't remember them that well, but. 
Magnum Force is better than the Enforcer. I, I'm sure you're right. The last two Dirty Harry movies were, were in the 80s, so I wouldn't be on this list. Yeah. Uh, Diamonds Are Forever, number nine, and Return of Pink Panther. So worth pointing out, Jaws 2, the most successful sequel in the 70s, 103 million domestic. And granted, the 80s are you know, 10 years later, so these aren't adjusted for inflation. But comparing these numbers, t- number one sequel in the 80s, Return of the Jedi, $309 million. Empire Strikes Back, 290. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, 197 million. Temple of Doom, 180 million. Beverly Hills Cop 2, 154 million. Rambo First Blood Part 2, 150 million. Lethal Weapon 2, 147. Then we got Rocky 4 and Rocky 3, at 8 and 9, 128, 125 million. And then Back to the Future 2, 119 million. So number 10 grossing sequel wow. in 1980. Made more money than Jaws 2, which is the highest grossing sequel of the 70s. Yeah, and I would have also thought Back to the Future 2 was higher on that list, too. I'm surprised by that. Yeah, I mean, it was like four years later, so they didn't quite strike while the iron was hot. But, and it did well. 110th highest grossing it, sequel of the year. Yeah, it's, it's still high. It's remarkable to me, and again, 10 years later, so you adjust for that. But you have to go down to number 16 on the 80s list before you get a movie that grossed less than Jaws 2, which was number one in the 70s. Yeah. So just... Showing that, like, it took a while for sequels to become, like, accepted in Hollywood. And, uh, obviously, by the 80s, they were just cranking out sequels left and right. It's true, but also two of the most successful franchises in the history of cinema are leading those with Star Wars and Indiana Jones. So I, oh, sure. I think some of that has to do with, I mean, Star Wars wasn't, I think, meant to be told necessarily in one movie in terms of the full story. So they, they are sequels, without a doubt. But in some ways, Indiana Jones, I think those are traditional sequels where I don't feel like the Star Wars is as much, so I'm not surprised that they're as successful as they they were. But I guess the case I'm making is, I don't know if those movies get made in that way, if not for all the slings and arrows that your your Jaws is and your Godfather 2s and your Rocky 2s and even like Superman 2. The earlier sequels had to work out, like get people used to the idea that, yeah, yeah, it's okay to make a sequel and they can be just as good or whatever, even if you don't agree that Godfather 2 is just as good. I actually think I like Godfather 2 better, but that's one of the few ones, Terminator 2's, uh, on that list. So we should do a Godfather 2 episode where I can tear down Godfather 2 just to annoy you. Take that. Be my guest. I prefer the first one. Godfather 2 is a great movie. I don't like the De Niro stuff, to be honest. Okay. I'm not a fan of it. Uh, ironically enough, that's actually in the Godfather book, and it was just cut for time in the original Godfather. Uh, it would have been fine if it was its own, its own movie. I don't like the cutting back and forth. I think yeah. if it had been its own movie, it would have been great. Yeah, I'm not sure there's enough... Materi- they'd have to have written some original material. Anyway. Either way, I, I do agree with you. So we've disagreed a lot on this episode, but I, I do agree that that's a good observation that the uh, the 70s kind of paved the way for 80s and now to the point where I wish sequels wouldn't be made anymore because I'm just tired. Well, I, I only mention it. I was thinking about it because it annoys me that, you know, because the Rocky series is still going on. It was gone for a while, but now it's back with Creed. And there's still, weirdly, this perception of just, like, another Rocky movie, you know, which is a perception that got glommed on to the franchise in the 70s because that's back when people thought that. It was just like a sequel. That's, why would they do that? You know, and it's the kind of the point of view that you're taking of just, like, why do we need this again? It's like, oh, again, why not? Well, why not make that painting? Why I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you right there. I don't have issues with Rocky Three, Rocky Four, even Rocky V ex- existence. They're different stories being told. I have an issue with okay. Rocky too. But regardless of what they're about, just you don't like what what it's about. You're saying that it's redundant with the first movie. Yep. 
But, you know, th- there was a time when people were just like, without even having seen it, just like, oh, I, yeah, no, I, they would just write it off. Right, right exactly. It, no, and, and that, I think, is unfair, unfairly maligned, and probably the success of the 80s does owe a tribute to the arrows, as you said, from, from the 70s. But it's like the Planet of the Apes movies have rebooted, so they've washed away that stigma. Jaws movies aren't being made anymore. Rocky is the only franchise that started in the 70s when there, this perception existed that it continues on today. And it's it's still carrying this baggage that I think is kind of unfair. I think I mean it's it's less and less as time goes on, but I still think there is that Rocky Five Thousand joke of just like another Rocky movie. Look at get a load of them, you know. It's like why not? Why why not let the Rocky movie continue on? Just you know, when when uh, Michael B. Jordan is sixty, he can pass on the torch to somebody else. Let it go on forever. Oh, who's he passing the torch to? I don't know. Whoever he is is not born yet. Or she it could be, you know, it could be a. There you go. That that's that probably the play. But anyway, just worth worth noting, and then we'll move on. The '80s list. There were only two franchises on that top ten uh, in the 1980s list. The series started in 1970s. Star Wars, Rocky. So good company. Fair enough. That, if anything, that just shows that Rocky has staying power as a franchise. It was able to crack the top ten in the '80s, even though it was a '70s franchise. Only Fair Star enough. Wars could do it, other than them. Fair enough. Okay, what's next? Body count. Zero. Yeah, zero. The big zero. The segment where we we should just stop and come back later and finish. <laughs> <laughs> this whole this this is the part of of the podcast where we we've, we've knocked our, ourselves down and the ref is counting one, which, two. Which one of us is going to win the fight? Well, I'm going to carry on and I'm going to stand up and win the fight. Uh yeah, because really the body count is the most important thing on here. It's yeah. what the idea of the podcast is. Yeah, about. it's where we're comparing uh Stallone's body count to, to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Schwarzenegger ended 14.76 bodies per movie. Uh as you said, this movie has zero continues to trend down. And uh, there's one birth which uh, I know at some point I'd propose we reduce the that body was count very early on and yeah, I said we, no. We decided not to do it. Yeah. So yeah, Stallone is still stuck at 213 bodies across 16 movies now uh, with an average of 13.31. So uh, he fell behind Arnold last episode and he's still falling. Yep. Wait until First Blood Part 2. All right, Wrecking Crew Award. Wrecking Crew Award time. Who do you got? Who could you have given it to since you hated this movie so much? Rocky Balboa once again. Okay. He wins the fight. Really, does, I gave Rocky Balboa the award in the first one, so I'm giving it to him in the second See, one. Yeah, I, I don't even this. I disagree with you on because I don't think he wins the fight. I think Apollo loses the fight. As I said, I don't. I think this movie okay. is showing that he didn't earn this. That I'm not going to fight you on that. That is a good observation. But he is the one. Rocky Balboa walks out of the ring victorious, All just right. like he did in the first one. Okay, I'm giving it to Burgess Meredith as Mickey. I think this is his movie to shine. This is the movie where he has the most to do. This is the movie where I equally find him dramatically interesting and also hilarious. I love his performance in this movie. I think this is the movie he should have been nominated for an Academy Award for. Regardless of what you think about the movie, I think this is his best work in the series. Well, actually, well, I don't want to spoil it, but uh, I, there's one other movie I might say is better, but it's, it's close. I, I love him in this movie. I think he carries this movie on his back. I think he's great. You, he, he's, he's a good part of it, but... His whole speech in the chapel in the hospital where he's like, you, you got a, cha- a second shot, another shot at the greatest title in the world. And then it's, like, it's like, if you want to sit here and blow it all, I'll sit here and blow it with you. I'm going to pray. And just all that. It's really good. He's, he's good. I think it's a well-written scene. It's like a Shakespearean soliloquy he gets to give in this movie, in this boxing movie. I don't know if I'd go that far. I would. All right. <laughs> it's a Shakespearean soliloquy, Mike. Alas, Mickey, Mickey Goldmill. He's he's, he's like Hamlet. Yes, he's 
He's King Lear. All right. He's more like King Lear than Hamlet. <laughs> Hamlet's a young man. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> Mickey is not a young Please man. give me that much. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the rating. All right. Hey, hey, what the hell are you doing? You're punching car accident victims. No, 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 you don't understand. He was bad-mouthing my film. So apparently I would get punched in this because I've been bad-mouthing his film. <laughs> if Stallone was here and you were in a Saturday Night Live sketch, yes. Okay. If you were Norm MacDonald, bad-mouthing Rocky too. All right. Well, uh, my ro- this was actually pretty easy for me. Okay. I'm dreading this. Oh, it's, this is the segment where we race yes. the movie based on our scale of Rocky opponents from Apollo Creed down to Spider Rico. Uh, I, I don't want to hear what you gave this. What, uh, let me ask you this, then. What do you think that I gave a, a Rocky rating on this? I mean, based on our conversation, I would say you gave it probably a Tommy Gunn. I mean, maybe you gave it a Mason Dixon because in the course of arguing about it, it sounds like you like this movie less than you do. So I think it's one of those two. Yeah, so I went with a Mason Dixon on this. Okay. Uh, And the main reason was I don't think that this is a – I honestly, I know that you may not feel this way from our discussion. I don't feel like this is a bad movie. I just feel like I've been down this road before, and I just don't really care. It's just kind of an average movie. So we got an average rating. So – in the end, I feel like we basically agreed, because I've been saying this whole time, this movie is good and bad in equal measure. I just choose to enjoy the good parts, basically, is what it comes down to. I guess. So, so what were we arguing about this whole episode? I don't I, understand. I argue that it doesn't need to exist, and you argue that it doesn't matter that it doesn't need to exist. You like that it does and want to focus on the good. You know, as a story, it affects me on an emotional level. I, I, I have... That I can say, I have, not at all. So that maybe okay. that's the breakdown. Not at all. I mean, yeah, basically. I mean, I, I have a... There are parts of this movie that really drag all the stuff... Well, wait a minute. What was your struggling. rating? I didn't get it. I, I'm getting to it. I'm, <laughs> Please I'm, tell me you give it a Mason Dixon. I did, I did not give it a Mason Dixon. That would, be, that would be meeting me halfway. Yes. No, I'm not meeting you halfway. <laughs> okay. I, I have to give it an Apollo Creed because... Oh! I like the movie... It's not as good a movie as Rocky, but I like it more. And I'm willing to forgive all of its flaws. We never talked about my biggest problem with this movie, actually. I give it an Apollo Creed, I forgive all its flaws, and now I will meet you halfway and tell you my biggest problem with this movie. Okay. We have to end this this episode meeting each other halfway, otherwise we're going to tear the the podcast apart. My biggest problem with this movie... You know what... (laughs) You've convinced me to drop it down to. to <laughs> this is a pretty big problem. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop it down to a a, club, a club <laughs> line. You literally are meeting me halfway because I say Mason right. Dixon. You yes. <laughs> this is this is this is my olive branch. I am meeting. You're right. I am meeting you halfway. halfway. In the spirit of over the top, I'm meeting you halfway. <laughs> because here's the thing. Halfway through this movie. You know, uh, 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 I want to call everybody Apollo in this episode for some reason. Uh, Rocky's Apollo. Adrian, I, I almost called Adrian Apollo. Adrian, <laughs> Adrian learns that, uh, you know, they're, they're pregnant and they have a conversation in the park. I'm like, oh, what's the, what if it's a girl and all this stuff? Yep. They're just talking about the pregnancy. And uh, Adrian says, oh, no, uh, Rocky says it. Rocky says, Adrian, we did it. We did it. You know, we get, you know, we're pregnant. We did it. And then the end of this movie, Rocky wins the title. And I have one thing I want to say to my wife who's at home. Yo, Adrian, I did it. Why didn't he say we did it? This, I don't know what this movie's about. I mean, in the end, this is kind of why I'm dropping it down to a clubber lying, because I don't know what this movie is about. It's not really about anything. It is, it is just the same thing over again, but in my opinion, in many ways better. I mean, I am just sounding like 
freaks and geeks scene. This is just <laughs> I'm I'm Coach Fredericks or whatever. No, I think what it is is that there are components of it that you enjoy. And that's fair. It's that the, some of the parts, it doesn't add up, and that's uh, the problem. It, see, I think after this confrontational episode, we're sobering up and, and uh, realizing that I think both of us were digging in on our positions to the point where we were exaggerating our point of view. Because I have to acknowledge that, yes, this movie is too flawed for me to give it an Apollo Creed. Thank As I was saying much. it, I kind of went like, you know what? I can't. I can't do it. What's but I'm, t- I'm telling I, you, I like this movie more. I'm acknowledging that it's, it's a worse movie. And by giving it a Clubber Lang, that's my acknowledgement. This is not as good as, as Rocky. Because it's not. And does, I would be crazy to say it's as good, but I like it more. I enjoy the process of watching the movie. While I'm watching it, I am so engaged. I am just excited and emotional. With, you know, the coma stuff works for me. The training montage gets me way more hyped up than the first movie. I like the fight better. Here's what I'll say. The last 40 minutes of Rocky 2 and the first hour of Rocky 3 is an Apollo Creed. <laughs> That's my favorite two-hour stretch of movie, <laughs> of Rocky movie. So if I can do that, if I can carve okay. out, as it, if I pretend that Adrian saying win is the beginning of the movie and the uh, undetermined point in Rocky 3, I'm not going to spoil my opinions of Rocky 3 yet, but there's a point in Rocky 3 you know, I love the second half of Rocky Two. I love the first half of Rocky Three. If I could call that a movie, it's totally an Apollo Creed. Maybe All my right. fa- favorite Rocky movie. I don't remember I Rocky Three well enough to know the combination. So obviously, when we get there, I'll be able to see. Mostly for the Hulk Hogan sequence, but we'll get there. <laughs> That's fair enough. I can't wait to talk about that. See, okay, so I'm going to give it a, a Clubber Lang. All right. Uh, I have a feeling if mine was below a Mason Dixon, you would have just absolutely dug in. And if, Probably, you're right. And if I had put this as a Tommy Gun, yeah. there's no way you no, would have moved it. I would have not met you halfway if you had given it a yeah. Tommy Gun or lower. No, and I think the for my final thoughts is that, it again, I don't think that this is like, oh, this is unwatchable, it's a bad movie. It's just, it's repetitive. And I think, I because I don't enjoy Burgess Meredith as much, I don't think that he's bad, and I like some of it, but I don't enjoy it as much. I don't enjoy the trajectory of the character of Rocky Balboa in this nearly as much as in the first, that's, it just becomes, it's like, eh, I'm not sure why this exists. I mean, it's just not clear what his arc is in the movie in the way it's very clear in the first movie, what it's about. It's like, it's like Rocky two is a good movie buried under a whole bunch of junk. And the junk is just messing up a perfectly good movie. Just, you know, change the ending to We Did It. There's a perfect example. Just clean this up a little bit. It's just like mud on the Mona Lisa. Just clean it up. It's, it's right there. It's underneath it. What? You're not able to see it. That's, that's what this is. Yes, the mud is a flaw. There shouldn't be mud on the Mona Lisa. That's a problem. And I have to acknowledge, all I can do is judge what I see. And you're right. It's like, you know, this perfectly good movie was messed up by some questionable decisions. All right. Well, but it's there. I see the good movie underneath it all. I see the beauty in it, and, and you're not seeing it. You are the optimist on this one. I am the pessimist. That's for sure. I guess so. Well, this was a rough episode, but this is the show, and it was a pretty important one because we are now 25% of the way through the Stallone catalog. We are out of 48. I mistakenly said 32 on a previous episode, and I realized after the fact, like, oh, that was wrong. That's, we have 48 of these episodes to do. It's so we're 12 out of 48. We're quarter done. Yeah. So we have 36 left, so we're almost... Uh, once we do four more of these episodes, we'll be to the point where we started Bad Puns and Machine Guns. That's, That's how many more we have to do. That is insane. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the end of, the, of season five, I guess we're calling it. Yes. So we'll be back uh, in two weeks with a wrap-up of these 12. You yep. know, we'll have to th- figure out what we're doing. We haven't really talked about it yet. And then I think after that wrap-up episode, we're going to be gone for a little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll be putting up some bonus episodes intermittently. 
But uh, unlike Bad Puns and Machine Guns, where we used to put up an episode every two weeks, and, you know, to be honest, speaking of filler, that's kind of what we were doing in Bad Puns. Just like, we want to make sure we have an episode up every two weeks. Let's just, oh, let's just watch 70s, of Arnold 70s TV appearances. And that's fun, but it's like, we're going to take an actual break. So maybe expect an episode, a bonus episode between seasons every month or two. And then at some point we'll come back with season six. Uh, we'll have to figure out, uh, I don't even know whose pick it'll be. It'll be your uh, it'll pick. It'll be mine, yeah. I'll be leading off, so. Okay, so I wonder if you've even, we're not going to say, but... Uh, I've got think, some ideas. Okay. So yeah, that's the season. I'm looking forward to a recap. Uh, I'm not looking forward to... If you, well, you said Rocky 3 and 4 you like, so maybe the future Rocky episodes won't be like this. Won't, I be, won't be so Rocky. Uh, that's a great plan, words. Uh, no, I don't <laughs> think that they will be, because I think that there's more of a story to be told there in those uh, movies than there was in this one. So. Maybe I'll be more down on some of those than you. Probably. <laughs> Maybe Rocky Four. This, That's this, probably This the may one. be flipped in Rocky Four because I've been souring on Rocky Four uh, as, as an adult. All right. Well, we'll get to there soon enough. Uh, I haven't watched it in a while, to be honest with you. All right. Well, but, uh, we'll, we'll see when we get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. So uh, if you have liked the show, please write us a favorable review on your podcast app of choice. And if you don't follow us currently on Twitter, it is at Arms Race Podcast. Yeah, hope to hear from you. Yeah, hope so. Hope uh, you enjoyed this Siskel and Ebert esque <laughs> episode of the podcast, where we uh, <laughs> the knives came out. It was, it was fun. I, I enjoyed defending this episode or That's defending fair. this movie. Yeah, I don't think that this podcast has come apart at the seams. I think we'll survive. Yeah, I can have my right opinion, and you can have your wrong opinion, and that's fine. Fair you're, you're entitled to your wrong opinion. We'll fire up some uh, <laughs> hot stuff with Donna Summer, and everything will be well. Is that, is that the plan? Yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> we'll sign off, and then we'll listen to Hot Stuff, and uh, we'll, it'll cheer us up. That's the plan. All right. But yeah, if, uh, if you like the show, either the episodes where we get along or the ones where we don't, uh, you know, uh, tell your friends. Uh, word of mouth is definitely the best way for us to get new listeners. And, uh, you know, if uh, you have friends that would enjoy this sort of thing, definitely we would appreciate uh, spreading the word. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll be back with a recap episode. Yeah.